Jesse, I got some good news. I know we've been gone for a while. We've been slacking a little bit, but the skeleton crew is back. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! I'm so scared! Jesse, Jesse. <laughs> All right, guys, we are back. We're not that bad. Jesse overreacted. This is the Skeleton Crew. I'm Alex. I'm with Dan and Jamie, as always. And we got a special guest. Uh, We actually have two special guests this show. This is a special show. This is the Stephen King Retrospective. We're going to get into three Stephen King movies. In this particular show, we're getting into two. And then the next show, we're going to have one big long show because it's a long movie. But uh, as you read in the title, this show, we got Pet Cemetery 1989. And next up, Gary Hill from Cinema Beef Podcast is joining us as we dive into Secret Window starring Johnny Depp. Both movies are Stephen King adaptations, of course. So uh, let's get started. First of all, I just want to welcome our guest for the beginning of the show. What's up, Willis Wheeler? Nothing much. I'm on another podcast. As always, (laughs) I'm following Jamie Street. (laughs) Coming up on you. 49 this month. Good, good. (laughs) What up, bitches? This is the fucking ghoul, and you're listening to the fucking skeleton crew, son. What is this place? I brought you here to bury Alan's cat. Daddy, is Church all right? Why, Judd? I have Marines. I dreamed he got hit by a car, and you and Mr. Crandall buried him in the pet cemetery. What did we do tonight, Judd? What we did, Lois, was a secret. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Has anyone ever buried a person up there? May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. You're thinking thoughts best not thought of. Daddy's gonna do something really bad! You're thinking of putting him up there. Don't deny the thought hadn't crossed your mind. Come back to me, Gage. Come back to us. Pictures presents Stephen King's all-time best-selling tale of horror. <laughs> Pet Cemetery. Okay. Jamie, ready? Yeah, ready when you are. <laughs> I was just making sure I didn't hear you. You could be dead. Oh yeah, we'll have to bury her in Pet Cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Pet Cemetery, 1989. This is uh, another entry in our Stephen King retrospective, if you want to call it that. We're only doing three movies, but whatever. Uh, so, like I said, 1989. The Creeds have just moved to a new house in the countryside. Their house is perfect except for two things. The semi-trailers that roar past on a narrow road and the mysterious cemetery in the woods behind the house. The Creed's neighbors are reluctant to talk about the cemetery and for good reason too. And this movie stars um, uh, poor man's David Hasselhoff, Dale Midkiff, <laughs> Herman Munster, Fred Gwynn, a poor man Sharon Stone or Bridget Nielsen, Dennis Crosby, 
And who's that little kid? What's his name? Anybody know that little kid's name? Miko Hughes. Yeah, Miko Hughes. And Blaze Birdal as that that little sister. She's cool. I like that girl. I wish my daughter was like that. She's a little pain in my ass. Jamie <laughs> <laughs> does not approve. <laughs> I want to fly a kite. Oh, well, oh shit, game. <laughs> All I'm going to say right off the bat is I remember Jamie said how she, because uh, I remember I made a comment that was not, you know, nice about they're making a Pet Cemetery documentary. And I says, is anybody really asking for that? Like, why would they even make that? And then everyone's like, why? What are you talking about? This, this is an argument, though. Yeah, I mean, really, like, who cares about a doc? I mean, a 12 minute featurette, I'll be fine with that on a Blu-ray, but, <laughs> you know. But oh, whatever. So you know, Jamie said that. Uh, I'll take a deleted scene. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> she said that she watches this all the time, or every year, or something like that. And I gotta tell you, I still love being unfamiliar with this movie because it's still uh, it's still disturbing to me for that reason. Like I never really know what's next, and it's uh, I think it works that way for this. But uh, I can see that. I can totally see that. Um, if you if you become too familiar with something, then it can sort of that it can take away what scares you to begin with or what you find creepy to begin with. With me, though, like, fucking Zelda still keeps me up at night if I think about it. Like, if I think about her, like, crouching in the corner, right? then I'm staring at the corner of my bedroom <laughs> like, waiting for her to come out. Rachel! It's funny you said that. I was just gonna say, I never remember she's coming. And that's what's so good about it. Like, that's what I like about it, but... Anyway, so real quick, so uh, these people move into a house, like they said, these trucks fly by and blah, blah, blah. Uh, then uh, this Herman Munster shows them uh, where the pet cemetery is. It's spelled with an S. I guess that's supposed to be like uh, like how like kids wrote it or something, because like, kids bury their pets, so they write it like, you know how they write K-I-D-S and the D is backwards? Is that like supposed to be a play on that kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. It had to have been, yeah. Yeah, right. The the one weird thing about the movie is that this guy with like his head wide open is like uh, walking around giving advice all the time. He's a jogger, got hit by a car, and the dad of this movie saved him. So now he's gonna run around helping him and giving him advice. <laughs> that that part I found a little weird. I ain't gonna lie. Did anybody else find that a little um, American Werewolf? And you know, it's just a little too. Spot on. I don't oh know. yeah! Every time I every time I watch it, the first thing I think of is an is American Werewolf. Just right. Um, but the only you know we don't watch him degrade like we do right at Jack. You know, but it's the same basic idea: dead guys coming back to kind of help you. Well, here's the thing. Here's what's wrong with this this guy right off the bat. Like he supposedly knows so much, he could. Uh, he could even persuade people by whispering things to them, like, uh, even tells the girl, what about the K, the Dodge Aries K car? How about that one? And all that stuff. But somehow he has no idea that the wife shouldn't go back to the house because all this will happen to her. He, But he does know that the guy's going to do this to his son, Gage. And, like, I, I don't, things that just don't make any sense, like what they do know, what they don't know, how they're helping. I just don't know. Yeah, I agree with that. I, the last time I, when I was watching this for this show, I was thinking the same thing is that, you know, he he goes so far when he's trying to get Rachel to come back and stop the whole thing with Gage coming back. You know, he wants her to come back and prevent what is about to be a mess. I'm like, he knows damn well what's going on. Right. He knows it's already happened. 
So why is he bringing her here basically to have her killed? And then, you know, he, he goes the entire trip with her. He gets her the car. He, you know, makes the stewardess stop the plane so she can get on the plane. And yet they get to the house and he's like, oh, I can't go any further. Well, why the fuck not? You went all the way to Chicago. <laughs> this is where shit's happening. So why can't you – what do you mean you can't go any further? And then later on when um, – <laughs> after she gets killed and, and uh, her husband's taking her to the pet cemetery, there he is again outside. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, don't do it. And I'm like, well, where the fuck were you the last 20 minutes when all this shit was going down? Yeah, right. Right. Thanks, asshole. What do you guys think was the best kill of the movie? We got the cat – that was off screen. We got <laughs> we got uh, Gage. Now, here's the thing about Gage's death, the little boy. He's flying a kite. The dad sucks as a father, and the kid runs out into traffic. This kid would be like a can of tomato soup if, if uh, <laughs> this thing hit him. How is he just like – this has this little three-inch scar on his head, and he's fine. Yeah, that was another thing that I was talking about when I watched it this time is he is so intact – I mean, the truck hit him hard enough to knock his shoe off, and there was blood <laughs> around the shoe. <laughs> Yet he's intact enough to just be walking around like nothing is wrong. And that doesn't make any sense to me because I think, seriously, he's the little bitty kid. If that truck had hit him as hard as we were led to believe, he would be smeared all over the street. Right. Oh, dude, it would have fucking flattened him. Like, the truck would have cleared his head and fucking, <laughs> boom, just come back. Like, maybe as opposed to, like, if it was a grown person, maybe there's a chance that, you know, that the head would. But, yeah, he would be obliterated. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I guess in that situation, I mean, do you blame, can you really blame the filmmaker or the source material? Because in the novel, that happens. You know, and and when you're making that into a film, you kind of have to do that. So, well, and, um, and they play on the fact that oh, he's a cute little baby. Oh shit, no, he's got a knife. Like they they play that up a lot. So they can't have him looking like a fucking you know, Amber. <laughs> smashed up baby face. You know, yeah, Which they is, can't have him come back looking like Chucky from the third, like fourth, right. fifth movie. Because <laughs> the parents wouldn't love him anymore. They'd just see right through it and be like, this kid's fucked up. Like, But he comes back as a cute little baby. He's got a little scar, you know? Yeah, it's just it's just so weird. Fair. Huh? <laughs> like, Fair. When, when Stephen King was writing this and he knows the kid has to come back, wouldn't you set it up so, well, he has to have his face intact and all his limbs have to work on some level. Let's make it so he just falls down the stairs or something. Like... Of course, the, it wouldn't have half the impact or any of the impact that this has. But it just doesn't. I don't know. It's it's sort of great writing, but bad writing. I just yeah, you got to look past it. I guess. I mean, you know. But there's a like a billion what the fuck moments. In oh this movie. my god, dude! There's a lot in this movie. Yeah. Should we just go over that? I mean, I I hate to say this because I really love the movie. I like it too. But to That's to cool. examine it to to review is just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Herman Munster, he. <laughs> He has he has no idea that, that that these people and pets come back demonic. I mean, he 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 knows about the guy with his son. He has to know. He said he did it to his dog and and the He do- lives 2 feet away from the fucking cemetery. <laughs> he takes him there the first day. Right. And he recommends he does this. Fucking Herman. I just don't understand that. 
No, it's not a what the fuck moment, but one funny moment was when when the guy's taking a bath and then the dead rat just lands on his chest. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck, dude! Yeah, I love right? the nice little touch of him slipping on it too when he gets out of the tub to go push the cat out the door. <laughs> then you have that yeah. moment where he steps on the rat, and it's just like a little extra gross factor. And Alex, by the way, my favorite death scene is the cat, but it's the second cat scene when he actually gets injected, and he's just the dead cat face looking. Ah. Was that a real cat? It can't be, dude. It's too funny. I don't know. I think it was. It just it looks so fucking hilarious. Oh man, that, I don't, I don't think Jamie wonderful. likes that scene. Actually, well, you know, that's <laughs> a, a scene that I have seen so long or so many times over so many years that it. It doesn't bother me as much. It still does make me sad, though, because I'm like, why you got to kill Church? He's not hurting anybody. I mean, he's not the friendliest cat in the world since he came back, but he's not really doing anything bad. Just let him be. Yeah, he threw a rat on you. Like, so what? Uh, (laughs) 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 It's not grounds for killing again. He's got demonic eyes. Let him be. Hey, Willis, what did you think of this overall? I don't want to go on this killing spree right now before... I, I feel like I don't want to give a bad tone to this. So let, let's give say something positive. What did you think about the movie? <laughs> I enjoyed the movie, even though it makes you scratch your head because <laughs> the, um, my man Fred Gwynn already been through this shit once, and he suggested them to do it again, and right. he seen what happened the first time, but yet and still, and the um, damn husband, just as dumb as he wanted to be, he see his damn cat come back trying to attack his ass. Then his son come back talking about, I played with mommy, now I play with woo, with a um, damn knife and stuff. See his wife dead, go back to the damn pet cemetery, do the shit all over again. I guess he just wanted to die, so yeah, I, I guess asking for it. I guess he wanted a little bit of that bloody eye before he got uh, killed. The dripping eye. Oh yeah, yeah. He wanted his wife to look like Gustavo Fringe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like I don't even like this. The movie is absurd. It's so funny because it's like it's it's the cast of idiots or something. Like the dumbest people in the world. Let's put them in a weird situation, and that's what this is. It's like. Like, yeah. nothing even made sense. Like, what about when the, the daughter, you know, uh, Church is back to life. He dug him up or whatever, crawled out of the dirt. He stinks. And she's like, he stinks like this, this, and that. And then she says, um, we can't clean him. The only thing you could do is bring him to a groomer. And we don't have that kind of... It must be awfully expensive. Meanwhile, I have a fucking maid doing laundry for them. Like, <laughs> she can't do her own laundry, but she won't clean her goddamn cat? Yeah, and why can't the cat take a bath? I don't get it. What well, you that tried excuse? giving that cat a bath at that point. <laughs> yeah, but she doesn't know he can't. He <laughs> doesn't know it's demonic. I think she's just saying if... Uh... Yeah, we can do that, but it's your cat. You know, it's Ellen's cat, so it's kind of expensive. So if you want to do that, you're the one that's going to be snuggling up to him. If you want him to smell better, then you got to fork over the dough. Right. At which point, you know, the dad's like, yeah, I'll do it. You yeah. know, like, you damn right you will, you guilty motherfucker. Right? <laughs> it, it, it's your cat now. You have to do it. <laughs> His voice is so now. weird, dude. It's that dumb road. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. Would you guys... 
how illogical is it though? Like Willis, would you bring <laughs> your wife and kid to that fucking cemetery when you saw how long it takes to get there? They hiked for like two days. They cl- <laughs> climb up a mountain. Be impressed. That's all it is. Be impressed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't. I, I even though I love the movie, it's just illogical. Especially when my man Fred Gwynn already know what's going on, and then he'd be like, you know, dad is better. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows, but nobody knows what to do in this movie. It's almost like, um, it's weird, dude. They have to push forward the plot, but it just makes no sense. Like, I don't know. It's weird, dude. It's almost like, yeah, we don't really care. I don't know. Cause I never read the book either. I don't know if anybody has, if it's, if it, if yeah, it's is it diff- accurate? Yeah, Anybody? it's pretty dead on. So the book is stupid then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there, there, there are sucks. a lot of questionable things about it. I'm not going to say that they're not. I mean, I I really love this film. I love it. Uh, it's one that I'll watch all the time. <laughs> but there are a lot of issues with it. I'm not going to pretend like they're not because it's like Judd, it, particularly the Timmy Baderman story. Right. You know, he goes. <laughs> what a name, by the way. <laughs> he knows about this, and in the book, it really goes in. It goes more into the Timmy Baderman story, and that it's actually a lot creepier when you hear more about it. Um, like how he would just wander up and down the road and scream and stuff. I mean, it's just it's really horrible to imagine this. And hell, in the movie, he's got that little little kid's leg that he's chewing on. Yeah, and- <laughs> what is that? The fuck, what dude? The fuck? So he knows exactly what's going on here. I there is no logical reason for him to ever introduce this to anyone ever. And he says, "I think I told you about it because I your little girl wasn't ready to lose her favorite cat yet." You know, well, sometimes shit happens. You get it, you know, yeah, right? It, it's we all lose our pet. That's how. And he's the one that said in the beginning, "That's how kids learn about death." You know, and it's important for kids to learn about death. And then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, well, she wasn't ready. So I'm just going to introduce this crazy ass piece (laughs) of power um, (laughs) that can end that cannot end well, no matter what you do. Um, It's just it really doesn't make any sense at all. You know, him of all people should be someone who's like stands at the base of the mountain with a shotgun threatening anybody who tries to come up there. (laughs) Right. Whoa, man, one hilarious scene, though, that we get out of this is, you know, uh, the this the wife's parents hate this guy that she married. And at the funeral, man, he just starts fucking ripping this guy like, you asshole, why weren't you watching? And they knock the goddamn coffin over, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a smooth move. Yeah, that's awesome. Which, yeah, I don't get that either, though. What exactly, why exactly do they have a problem with him? You know, he's a doctor. He's good looking. He's successful. It's like, oh, yeah, I would hate for my daughter to marry someone like that. Oh, incidentally, you know, when he rolled out of bed and he hit his head on that, that really, I mean, that was real. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. I was going to say, I wonder if they uh, had him positioned forward so it really doesn't hit, but he acted like it did. Now, he, no. that was an accident. He wasn't supposed to hit himself right where he did. <laughs> wow. Because if you see, like, in this scene, a little bit, like, a couple seconds later, he's rubbing his shoulder. When it's clear that his – when he rolled out, he hits, like, on his temple. Um, and that's actually – that was not supposed to be that way. <laughs> they could have set that up a little, like, safer. 
kind of fucked him up. Oh, no kidding. I think it. I think it fucked him up a little bit too. But um, maybe that's why he made all those stupid decisions. <laughs> well, there you maybe. Go. <laughs> maybe stop reading the script. <laughs> if your kid got hit by a truck and uh, your cat acted the way he did, would you would you dig your son up and um, and have him come back to life? Like, let's try to treat this for real. Like, let's just say there really was something like that. <laughs> well, first off. I would not have that kid outside <laughs> where you see damn trucks coming by 80 right? miles an hour well, and not watch his ass. First <laughs> off, common sense would tell you would have some kind of fence or some shit around the damn house. They sitting there lollygagging, knowing these damn trucks coming by back and forth. They got what they damn deserve. They should have been watching the damn kid. Damn. No, I wouldn't be digging up nobody, especially after the hard stories that my man um Judd and told him beforehand. This, you know what this movie just shows? People are just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that I guess that's the point of this so whole true. movie. People are stupid. They'll do yeah. anything before they thinking about it, thinking yeah. about the consequences. And I think that's what the real plot of this movie is for real to be honest with you right no because exactly because you care about somebody so much that you don't think about the consequences you just want them back and you don't care if they come back as a fucking killer you know and the thing is with this movie that that is the question though with this movie you're right you're absolutely right but it's <laughs> it's almost like it's so fucking stupid that you do question it even <laughs> Like, like, put aside all the, okay, he did it for love, oh, he misses his kid, or, you know, misses his wife, or whatever, whatever. There's a lot of dumb shit in this movie. But that's the thing, like, we all said we like it, so, like, what do you think of the the redeeming things of this movie? Like, I don't know, because I was going to say the tone of the movie is great. Yeah. It's just the, the this whole creepiness vibe that 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 just kind of maintains, but without being like cliche creepy. You know what I mean? Well, besides the fucking you know typical cat jumping out every fucking two seconds. Well, Zelda really sells the creepiness. Uh, Herman Munster sells the creepiness. I think <laughs> the '80s sell it. The way it's shot, Gage, the way he looks when he's demonic, the cat looking demonic, uh, the wife at the end looking like Gustavo, like everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything is is great i mean you really have to dumb yourself down i mean when you here's the thing i i never even thought of all this shit until we did this show you know like i just watched it for whatever it was I, only when you do a show like this do you have to really put thought into anything so watching it blindly i mean if i showed this to my girlfriend t- tomorrow she'd think it's great and she mm-hmm. she wouldn't even quite I don't know if she would question things like hanging around me and knowing I do this show she kind of like like tries to like be analytical sometimes and mm-hmm. sometimes I go huh just just enjoy the don't don't be like me <laughs> just don't, <laughs> just don't. <laughs> I'm an asshole <laughs> just have fun don't be like me yeah but when we talk about movies that's uh, that's kind of what we do here we dissect them and, and kind of you know give the reasons why we like them or dislike them for even if it's wrong you know and a lot of times we'll call ourselves out on it before so, no anybody else does for that matter you know being like I know this movie's dumb but I don't care fucking we like it you know and I think this one this is one of those movies where it's just dumb as shit there's so many fucking plot holes and you're like what the fuck's going on like in some movies I'm like huh okay 
Well, I'll let that slide. With this movie, like everything I did has that. to slide. Yeah, everything. And every two seconds, there was something <laughs> where I was like, "What the fuck? This makes no sense." I don't care. I dig it. I like it. Whatever. You know, it's a good story, dude. I like. I like the. I like the story. And there's a lot more that I. I. You know, when I saw this back in the day. All I remember was was the parts with Gage. I, I don't remember anything else, you know, with the with the with the jogger coming back or the cat, and uh, even the wife at the end. So it's a it's a it's a really rich movie. It's got a lot of plot points in it. There's a lot of shit going on. Yeah, but who would have thought the people in part two would be more intelligible? You know, like it's just amazing <laughs> that that yeah. this is the the dumb movie out of the out of the two. Yeah, and I think well, I think it's, you're right though, Alex, in that I never questioned any of it or never cared until i was watching it for this purpose and then all of a sudden everything's sticking out you know yeah. it's like it's like sore thumbs all over the place hey, hey, i'm like hey. oh, wait why would well that isn't what well no you wouldn't that's not normal you know <laughs> you know oh, fuck, i said i like this movie <laughs> up until that point i you know it just i just took it and yeah. you know i just take it as it comes um i think as far as as Lewis goes, he and they sort of they sort of do it a little bit in the in the movie, more so in the book. But you kind of get a hint of it in the movie where he's when he's digging up Gage, and you see the cop driving through mm-hmm. and then shining the light, and he sort of ducks down for a second, and then the cop moves on. There's really no reason in the world he shouldn't have noticed something was bizarre about that site, right. if, about that gravesite, if he had been paying attention. But the idea there is that there are supernatural forces at work at this point that are going to make sure that this happened. This is that he's successful, right? Wow. So, um, and you kind of see he gets that crazy kind of. He does like a little bit of a. He has like crazy eyes for a second, and then he kind of gives a little bit of a smirk, and then he goes back to digging. Like he has lost his mind at that point. Yeah. yeah so it's yeah, not yeah. like he is no longer capable of rational thought. He's no longer able to say, you know what? Church was kind of an asshole when he came back. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't going to go well. You know, like Jamie. Do, do you think because that was you notice the first thing he does when he gets up that next morning and he <laughs> finds out he sees Gage's footprints? Right. He immediately goes on, goes on like, uh, goes on the kill. Yeah, Rambo mode to kill him with no evidence that anything even happened yet. Exactly. He has right. no idea that Gage has done anything bizarre or anything deadly. Yet the first thing he does is start planning to kill him. And I'm like, well, then why the <laughs> hell did you go to all that trouble? But I think it's because he didn't really – he didn't. You know, it was – it was. Um, yeah? You think it was I mean, in a way, he wanted to. Like, it wouldn't have worked if he hadn't wanted it to. If he hadn't missed him so much and loved him and wanted him, it never would have been able to control him. But I think maybe at that point, it hit him, I have done a stupid thing. Huh. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird because the daughter – Seems to be some kind of like uh, a clairvoyant. Yeah, like she knows everyone who's dead. It's like all these powers. It, it's it's a very uh, yeah. powerful movie. Not you know in the in the sense that like the jogger has the power to to talk to people and and give advice. 
Oh, hey, one of the creepier scenes, too, is when he wakes him up in bed with that jogger. I think it's so effective because they don't use fucking over-the-top music to sell it. Do you guys know what I'm talking about when he's talking to him and then he thinks it's the dream and then he's right next to him? Like, they could have fucking totally, "Ah," you know, done something stupid. But I like how they played that. He was just there. He's like, hey. Don't make me tell you again. Exactly. I was like, oh, shit, that was kind of creepy. Yeah, they just kind of stay there with them, and oh yeah, I thought I just thought that scene was very effective. I liked it a lot. Well, think about this. Let's give like kudos to the fucking director. I mean, you're given the shitstorm script and whatever the, like this fucking illogical mess, and he made like can you imagine saying, "How am I going to sell this? How am I going to do?" Yeah. And the actors, let's give them credit. Like this thing, they, it took off, and it is what it is. And it until we analyzed it, it was great. You know, it's like. <laughs> amazing that they could take that and make something talk about polishing a turd man and a lot of people like this movie dude this is a class dude they're making a fucking documentary on it <laughs> not that you care not that i care no. <laughs> clearly <laughs> fred gwynn i i want he's my favorite performance in this entire film and i really think that he like the, the scene where he starts to tell him about the Timmy Baderman story and he's drinking and he just slams his fist down on the table and he's like, I think I may have murdered your son. You know, it just. Yeah. I love that moment. And I think he just pours all kinds of emotion into that role. Now, what, why did he say that, though? Is he trying to say that in order to bring the cat back to life, they have to take a life of the family? No. Well, what he's, his theory is that by introducing Lewis to the power with the cat that then it has now caused Gage to die. Pennywise? So that then Gage (laughs) would have to be buried and come to basically, so the power would then take control and make sure that this other stuff happened. That's his, Mm. I think he feels like fate has intervened at this point. So because he introduced him to the power, now fate has caused Gage to die so that then it could continue on, you know, um, that's a, that is, that's not very solid, you know, um, I'm not real pleased with that explanation either, Yeah, right. (laughs) but you know, it's what we have. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Hey, Willis, do you have the same experience? Did you like, just let this movie get a pass until like, did you have the experience me and Jamie had when we watched it to review that everything makes no sense? Well, I done seen this movie so many times because of HBO back in the day when I was a kid playing it like every five, 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm, it's just, you don't pay it. I don't, I haven't paid attention to how foolish the people <laughs> are until today. Mm-hmm. But if that's the case, we wouldn't have horror movies because nobody will ever go back to Crystal Lake. Yeah, everybody would move out of um Springwood. <laughs> Nobody would um dare go to the Bates Motel. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would ever feed the Mogwai. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, when he dug Gage out, he starts hugging him, and he's like, it "Looks like he's gonna start making out with him," and then. The next next time he he wakes up, like Jamie said, he's gonna go kill him. But here's the thing: how did he how did he think this would all play out anyway? I mean, did he think nobody would remember Gage was killed? Like the grandparents and everybody would just <laughs> right. be okay? Hey, listen, you guys start buying him Christmas presents again. You know, we like we found him under the truck. He's okay. <laughs> he just showed up on the doorstep. Turns out he's fine. 
He just got a little scratch on his head. He thought this would just play out and be like, all right, well, hey, fuck. He's just back to life. That's cool. Like, I don't even understand what he, where he thought this was going. I don't think he did. I think that's no. the thing is I don't I don't think he really thought about it. He just <laughs> knew that there was the there was the power out there and at this point he like I, I think he had really lost his mind. Like he just he was so overcome with grief that the only thing he could think about was getting his son back and he didn't stop to think about the anything normal. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's just like when Rachel gets killed you just went through this asshole. You just right. killed the cat and you killed your son again yeah. because he's a murderer and you think it's going to work this time. Well, she just died a little while ago. It'll be different with her. Yeah, okay. Why would he think that? Look at her, her face. Like, even if you brought her back. Where did you think that was gonna go? Like, <laughs> like he just she comes in, he just starts making out with her, and it's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, if my girlfriend gains another ten pounds, she's out the door. <laughs> this girl's half a face. He's like, that's cool. Give me some tongue, baby. He's still happy too. Oh my, he's all into it, and it's like, what the fuck? And was anybody really surprised when she grabbed the knife? Like, I, I thought he was. Had to be really cheesy. Yeah, of course, because he's a dumbass. He was like, "What the fuck? like?" Whatever. He like he he screamed like he was surprised. Like, I don't understand this guy, man. He's oh, he just... deserves it at that point, dude. He deserves everything he gets. Oh yeah, dude. So uh, I guess we'll talk about some cringeworthy moments, like when, when Gage kills Herman Munster. He cuts through the fucking Achilles tendon or oh. whatever that's called. Yeah. Oh god. Love that it. effect. I think that effect still looks good. And the mouth one too. Unfortunately, some of the effects don't hold up as well. But I think those still those still kind of make me go, "Ow, son of a bitch!" Yeah, when he gave him the, the the Joker smile. What do you think of that Achilles thing? Because don't they do that a lot? Like they do it in Hostel, dude. Yeah, and in uh, yeah. House of Wax remake. Maniac. Oh, that's right, dude. Maniac. Yep. Wow, dude. That that's a ruthless fucking. Uh, why why is it that one spot? I don't it's know. A, Oh, dude. And I think everybody knows, too, if that little part goes, you're fucked. Like, you, you're pretty you're, – yeah, you're fucked. Well, that, so, your, your fucking foot won't work. I mean, if that shit's cut, it's you're not going anywhere. That's why – do you guys remember the urban legend where they, you know, would talk about people would hide up underneath your car and cut your tendon? Oh, no. So you're supposed to – when you go to your car at night, you're supposed to, like, look under the car before you oh, walk up to your car because someone could fuck. be hiding under there. Christ. Oh, God. Dude, now that's going to sketch me out. <laughs> now I got to start doing that. Now I'm going to be fucking jumping in my car if I'll fucking get out with my fucking Achilles heel. Only thing I can think about is the maniac yes. when they describe that. Yep. Yeah, maniac. Yeah, dude, that's a ruthless one. I think the one in Hostel is very effective. Yeah. You know, you are free to go. And he just fucking cuts his fucking thing. Oh, that's ruthless. And then he gets up and the fucking thing just, ah, fucking hell. Yep. And and uh, Gage fucking must be going through, like, some big chest of, like, bizarre clothing or something. He walks out with a fucking cane and a top hat. Like, <laughs> like oh, what the fuck were you? <laughs> Yeah, don't even get me started on that. That was just over the top. Like, what's wait, what's going on now? <laughs> I'm playing dress up. <laughs> what 
bottle. And you know, that's the other thing about Gage. Like, what is it with this kid? He's so calculated. Like, Jesus Christ, all you gotta do is kill him, and he becomes like a mastermind killer. He's like, he's like, I just played with mommy, and now I'm gonna play with Ella, and now I'm gonna play with you. And it's like, what the fuck, kid? You're a little into this, aren't you? I mean, god damn, I just buried you. What are you so... I'll say this, too, though. His laughing throughout the movie was creepy as fuck. A little baby laughing. You know the little baby's gonna come out and kill you. Was anybody else freaked out by that? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah. Well, and when did this kid take the anatomy classes, though, to tell him that if you cut that... <laughs> if you cut the Achilles... Yeah. And then that he's going down. See, so, Jamie, like, that, that's, that's what, what I was curious gonna... about is that that's a little bit uh, that's a little bit even if he was going to come back evil. Right. And he knows, you know, stabby stab. Right. I don't think he's going to know cut the Achilles, you know. OK, that's what I was going to say, Jamie, because there's a couple things now when he says not fair, you know, as crazy as that line is or whatever. And he walks away. It's almost like, um. Uh, it's weird. It's almost like he's being possessed by somebody older, knowing what they're doing or something. Like, is that, I, I don't know. I kind of got that feeling a couple times because you're right. How would this baby know as a normal baby? Never mind a dead baby. I mean, what do you gain fucking knowledge and powers when you're a dead baby? It doesn't make any sense. Well, when he said not fair, I, fi- I thought that was more of the kid in him. Like, you know, when he take the ball away, he's like, not fair. You did this. Like, I feel- Yeah, but he knew he was dying. So he's not. Uh, how would the baby know he's dying? <laughs> oh, that's not fair. Like, that's just weird, dude. It's fucking weird. <laughs> he gets know. all dizzy and bangs his head against the door. Yeah, <laughs> he just fucking falls. Yeah, dude, right? Baby. No babies were harmed in the making. <laughs> Everybody was harmed. Cats were harmed. Babies. The goddamn the dad banged his head on the thing. Like everybody was harmed in this. <laughs> so yeah, he goes to kill. Like you said, he goes to kill Gage again. Sticks a needle in his neck. He did it to the cat. And I swear that was a real cat. There's no way that was a phony oh, cat. Yeah. Just the face he made was classic, though. <laughs> I think they just said, "Well, is it okay if we put a cat to sleep?" With a with a, a needle, I guess, or uh, no, not not like killing, like you know, like uh, to knock him out. Like can they do that? Can they do that on screen? That's yeah, rude. I guess really? <laughs> they should have. That thing was fucking out of control. No, I don't know. Like overall, though, I, I really did enjoy this movie, and it's a good concept too. If you think about it, it's pretty simple. And I think, all right, here's what I'll say about it. I think the execution. Definitely sucked, but it had a great concept. You know yeah, what I mean? I think it's I think it's reversed, dude. I think the concept sucked, but the execution was great. You thought the so what? So what have we been talking about then? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, we said this already. They sold an absurd script. Okay, that's true. That's, that's true. That that's. Uh, uh, right, but I'm saying the I mean the execution of the script itself, like how oh, that okay. sucks. What I, what I mean the concept of of burying someone and having them come back. That's a that's a great concept, you know how they did it and how they made all the characters fucking do stupid things. Oh, I think is oh, oh. see what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's like I think um, yeah they had a great idea, and on that alone, that's why I think people go with it. And then it's Stephen King, so everybody's like, all right, and and hey, I'm guilty of it too. I I, I kind of gave it a. Maybe, maybe more so of a pass than other movies because it is Stephen King. And I mean, I don't know. There's something about it. How can you not love Stephen Plus King? Plus the Ramones. Right? The Ramones. You've got two awesome Ramones songs in there. And yep. that just sort of, I mean, that the scene where um, the, the, the truck driver that eventually ends up killing Gage is, is barreling down the road and he's listening <laughs> to Sheena. I mean, that is just a rocking moment. Like, you're just, you're right there. And well, at least. 
I am, I'm just like singing and I'm like, yeah. And it just, you're all in it. And then all of a sudden it's just like, bam. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, yes. Cause I love that part. But, um, <laughs> normal people are fuck. horrified. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Um, <laughs> But then I, I actually remembered it being, and as many times as I've seen it, it's, it's so weird. I remembered it being more brutal than it actually was. And so when I watched it this time, and it really hasn't been that long since I saw it the last time, but I guess I've gotten to the point where I don't like scrutinize, you know? Right. But this time when I was really, really watching it, I noticed that it really wasn't all that brutal. I mean, it kind of, you don't get, you don't really hear an impact you visualize in your like in your own mind an impact because that's what should have happened at that point, but you don't hear like a smack. You don't hear crushing of bones, you know. Yeah, but you know what would have been really cool if they like like put up a, a my buddy or something and they saw the truck hit it. That would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get that in, we get that in Devil's Rejects with the. Uh, the trucks, the the truck smash in in Devil's Rejects, which is one of my favorites. Oh God! Yeah. Oh, also in Texas Chainsaw, you get. <laughs> yeah, they should have had a dummy of that kid, and we should have seen it. That's that's <laughs> one thing I would have liked to say. I people weren't so ready to watch kids get obliterated on the big screen. <laughs> so, but so I think it was handled really well. Like you still get how horrible it was you still get the horror of the situation he's a dumbass he trips uh, he could have saved the oh, kid oh god it was horrible <laughs> he did whenever he tripped dude i <laughs> i go i go i know alex is gonna call about on oh you can't get away with that dude you like everything would have been just fine if he did not trip and the wife's really helping too, huh? Get the baby! Like, that's fucking helping. Yeah. Thanks. If Herman oh, didn't fuck. mention it, the kid, nobody would even know he's dead for the next five minutes. Lord, I <laughs> wanted to smack his wife through the majority of the film because she just has so many cunty moments. Her haircut sucks too. Where I just, I'm just like, Bridget like Nielsen. don't shilly, don't shilly shally. Give the girl a promise. Like oh, who fuck says you, bitch. That? If he and he's like, you know, if something happens when he's under the gas. Chances are it won't, but if something does, you explain it to her. And I'm like, yeah, bitch. Yeah, you bitch. <laughs> she probably was pissed because she got killed off on Star Trek The Next Generation. That's why she's acting so stupid. <laughs> I didn't even know that reference, but I thought it was brilliant. Did she have a horseshoe crab on her head? <laughs> no, she was. Um, Charles Chagall, she got. I forgot how she got killed. But her and Worf had a thing on the show. Worf. <laughs> Worf. Jesus. Willis, you know how we rate things Netflix style, so how would you rate this movie? And let's all try to forget everything we just said. <laughs> and try <laughs> to... <laughs> let's just rate it on how much we enjoyed it before this week. It's still a four-star four movie to me. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. All right. Okay, good. Perfect. That's solid. Dan? Um... Uh, I give it a three, um, uh, maybe a three point five. I, I definitely do enjoy the movie. You know what I want to see? I want to see this bitch remade and done better. Uh, good luck. 
Like, I don't think any new thing will make this any more logical, but who knows, man? Maybe somebody will really try to <laughs> try to fill these holes. <laughs> new actors coming and doing the same shit. doing the same shit. <laughs> no, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess you're right, though. If, if, it, if it's the fucking story itself, then yeah. you can't really blame it on, <laughs> on the movie. So, yeah. Uh, three, three and a half. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, even with, um, you know. Stupidity. Yeah, exactly. I'll do a Netflix and technical for this reason only. Uh, Netflix, I really like it. So four out of five. And technically, damn. I mean, after everything we said, I think this movie sucks. It's like it's like a five out of ten. So, uh, Jamie, what do you give this? This is this is a five for me. It is a straight Ooh. up five. I saw this originally. It freaked me out. It still freaks me out. You know, there there are things, even illogical as it may be, Zelda still freaks me out. Fucking Timmy yeah. Baderman still freaks me out. Fucking like, Timmy. it'll keep me up at night, and that's all I can really ask for. Plus, I really yeah. love the tone of this film. I love the look of this yeah. film. I love everything. I really don't, I would not like to see a remake of it. I love it the way it is. And so... You know, it has its illogical moments, but in the end, it's Why still you got to hate on my remake idea, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, she's like, fuck what you said. <laughs> I was so proud. I wrote that idea down and shit. I was like, so proud of that. I was like, I'm going to drop this bomb on that. They won't even know what hit them. Yeah. Dan wrote, remake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I love the casting. I love the daughter. She's cool. I love the kid. He's like the clat. That kid is so classic and iconic to me with that evil face that you know like the kitty evil face with the little michael myers uh, scalpel thing he's running around with and uh <laughs> fred gwynn you don't get more classic david ha- david hasselhoff classic and you had <laughs> sharon stone was classic in this it's just uh i think it's great casting great everything really good yeah it's a solid flick i like it yep so uh that's that i guess so we'll be back after this Power Chef, this is Pam. Hi, Pam. Jack Rabat. I'm calling about uh, getting some information on a personal trainer. Okay. Are you a member here? What I'd like to do is find out if you have some type of trainers that can work with my body type. I have a graduate of the wellness fitness program up at SDSU. I don't want to get into any kind of a fancy program. I'd like to get a trainer who will put me on the mat, get me on the bench, and just, you know, work me and get me into shape as quickly as possible. And he is I don't an know if there's trainer. a guy that does a... that in your in your program yep, or if there's somebody that you right like now. about, then I'll I'll see him. But I gotta make sure that it's somebody who's really got the stuff that it takes to get me in and whip me into shape. Do you have anything like that? Yeah, his name what is Eric. What are your hours? We open at 5.30 in the morning. And Give it to me so that I can write that down. I want to write this down so I know exactly what your hours are. What, so go ahead. What are the hours? I started to. Monday through Thursday, 5.30 What are your hours? And then give it, give it to me starting on Monday after the weekend. If you would just be quiet for one moment, I'll give you my give you my hours. I am open 5.30 a.m. Uh, been doing this for a while? Yes. Okay. All right. And he has credentials and things like that. But you just told me you didn't care about that. No, I started I, telling you that he oh, was a no, no, no. graduate I, I of a wellness fitness very, program very at SDSU. I just need to know. Training with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. So what has he done? How, what kind of credentials does I he have? I just told you. Maybe you just need to come in and meet with him, and he can <laughs> I'm sorry. explain I, I, to you. I think we got off on the wrong foot here. I'm just yeah, trying to find I think out. So too. I'm trying to. You know, I'm so stressed out from being out of shape. You keep asking what me I'd like questions. What I'd like to do is I'd like to just find out when I question. could see him and what the hours are, but I'm not hearing what that is. Because you keep asking me a question. Okay, just. 
tell me what the hours are. I'll write those down, and then we can figure out when I can see this Eric guy who has credentials or not. I don't know if he has credentials. He is a graduate of the Wellness Fitness Program. And don't forget to tell me what the hours are, too, because I want to start as... I have tried seven times to tell you what the hours are. Okay. Excuse me, could you just stop for one moment? Just stop. I have tried seven times to tell you what the hours are. Every time I start to tell you what the hours are, you ask me another okay. question. I think you need to be a little more assertive on the phone. To be honest. I'm being very assertive on the phone, but you keep interrupting Every me. Every time so I'm I try to talk, to... you talk over me, ma'am. If no, you, just you let talk me, over let me. Just finish you what ask I'm me a here. question, let me I just try to answer the saying. question, Does you ask me Eric another character, question. If I can work out in the morning, say from 9 or from 8.30 to 9.45, will he be able to help me out with that? I would have to check with his schedule and make sure okay, that Okay, ma'am, you didn't have to let me finish. I hadn't, did not finish. This is a dialogue, not a monologue. I would have to check with his schedule. Right, do you ever shut up? I have to kill him, Tara. You know, we were very interactive on our Facebook, and, uh, you know, people threw out a few suggestions of things that uh, they would like us to talk about. So, uh oh. One of them, you know, I didn't attach the name, so sorry, guys. No one's getting credit here. You'll get nothing in the like it. Yeah. People asked us uh, what Netflix, you know, Netflix instant things that we would recommend to people and tell them to avoid. Does anybody have, like, off the top of their heads, what's out there and what you recommend? I recommend people watch the um, Glow documentary. Oh, that's Glow? good. Glow? Like Glow Girl Wrestling? Or? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, you're serious? Yeah, yeah, it's real good and very touching. That was good. Hmm. No, I was kidding. Glow. Okay. I recommend you watch Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Base Motel's up there now. Definitely watch that. That's a given. Um, great show. We talk about that all the time. Uh, what else is on Netflix? Fuck. Oh, they put season one of The Following, which I love. Um, that's still going strong in season two. Um, kind of a stretch, though. 
kind of like Pet Cemetery, where it's like you know you you gotta definitely go with it and and kind of you know um, just yeah to do exactly that and just say fuck it because a lot of it a lot of it's just com- compounded. So I love that show. Season one uh, is on Netflix now. What else? Fuck. Uh, Maniacs up there. I'm not recommending any of this, but I was looking for TV shows, dude, and I put in some people's names. Dude, they got Family Ties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they got The Incredible Hulk with Lou Fregno, all five seasons or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. They got to get Roseanne on there. That's one show I'm not afraid to admit I like. The really? Is on. Is it? The Munsters is on. All. Oh, yeah, and The Twilight Zone, a couple seasons. Not all of them are on there. Is The Twilight Zone on there? Yeah. What? Not all of them, though. Shit, dude. All the Power Rangers is on there. Oh, yeah. Every season of the fucking Power Rangers is up there. Oh, dude. Dawson's Creek is on there. <laughs> don't get me started. Dude, seriously, I found it. I don't know why. I found it, though. <laughs> and then, um, dude, the Ninja Turtles. Did you ever hear of the next mutation? Yeah. Is it, Willis, is that the one you were just talking to me about? No, this is the one that came out when Power Rangers was real hot. It had a female power. A female Ninja Turtle oh, on it. so bad. Oh, is this the live action one? Yeah. Yep. It's terrible. Remember that piece of shit, dude? Oh, my God. Dude, it, I, like, literally, somebody did a review on those. I think it was either Nostalgia Critic or Angry Video Game Nerd, one of those guys. And they said that it's watchable. Here's the truth. Since I was a kid. Right. I have enjoyed every single incarnation of the Ninja Turtles ever. Me too. Yep. Everything. Even that one. Even that one. See, I, dude, he's, Raphael started it off riding a motorcycle and I wasn't into it. Right, right. Like, it, it, I just couldn't get into it, man. Well, and the same with the Power Rangers, dude. See, that's the thing. Like, I used to look at the... I was... Dude, I was a fucking addict. I still got probably... $10,000 worth of fucking Power Rangers toys. Yeah? And the, oh, fuck yeah, dude. I got the original fucking Megazord. I got the whole fucking shabazzle. Every fucking toy you can imagine, dude, I have. Anyways, um, I used to love that show. Now, looking back on it, it's cheesy as fuck. It doesn't get any cheesy than the Power Rangers. Oh, God. I mean, come on, dude, really. But uh, I love that shit, though. But, yeah, it's hard to watch now. Hey, dude, that... It- that pink furry thing, is that what uh, they found next to the pool on Walter White's pool? Yeah, from the plane, yep. Yeah, that, is that what that furry thing is? Is that that, that animal? Yeah. It's a toy of him, yeah? Yep. Wow, yep. that's weird, man. And then that's and then the eyeball comes back in a reoccurring role. And it's in his drawer? Yeah, 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 he keeps the eyeball, yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, sorry guys, I know this is what you're looking for with the recommendations. <laughs> Ninja Turtles. No, fuck that. Yeah, I mean, hey, man. Hey, it's good to just not... No, th- there are great shows on, on Netflix, though. I- I've been recently... I started over um, just from fucking episode one. And, dude, we don't talk about this. I know I, I mentioned it before on the show, but, dude, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, fucking me, gr- me growing up, was huge, dude. I mean, I actually stopped watching the later seasons or whatever. Because your dick hurt too much from jerking off? Egg. Well, no, I mean, I just, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar on the screen the whole time. Yeah, uh-huh. definitely her. But um, it, I, I love that show. I think that show's brilliant. And I started watching that. That's on Netflix. Is it? I never saw that show. Oh, dude, check it out. It's really good, bro. Does anybody else watch that? I tried watching it when I was younger, but I just couldn't get, couldn't get into, into the show. Yeah. Just, just wasn't my thing. It looked like a cheap episodes of Power Rangers 
the first couple <laughs> episodes, the way the monsters look. I yeah. said, I'd rather just watch Power Rangers than watch this. <laughs> wow, you both like that, huh? Uh, yeah. Oh, dude, absolutely. Um, they, uh, what else is on Netflix? Uh, Friday Night Lights is a great fucking show. That's on there. Um, oh, God, dude, I got to say this. Yeah. Danny Bolday has told us to say something since March of last year. What's that? <laughs> There's a show called Amazing Stories. Yes. There's an yes. episode where the guy lives out the Psycho movie. Really? I'll get the thing. Here it goes. Welcome to my nightmare. It's, uh, I think it's season, I don't know which season, maybe one or, it's only like two on there, so it's not hard to find. So go to uh, Netflix, go to Amazing Stories, and watch Welcome to My Nightmare. This kid, it's like about that he's completely way too into movies and stuff like that. His whole life is movies, and he's he hates regular life, and he says, why can't things be like the movies, and this and that, and he <laughs> buys a ticket. to. It's almost like um, Last Action Hero, where he has like a magic ticket or something. I love that movie. Yep, and he goes in, and he's living psycho. Like, literally, dude. He looks up, and and the mom's walking through the window. He goes into the cab. They actually shot it at the Bates the Real Place. Really? Universal Studios or whatever, yeah. And you gotta watch that. It's freaking awesome, man. Definitely. Nice. Yeah, so do that. My what favorite about- episode of um, Amazing Stories is this episode... Where the mom from off of what's happening, she a babysitter, and she babysitting these two kids, but she know how to do voodoo. So they be tormenting her and stuff, and then she get back at their asses. And by the time the end of the episode end, the kids be acting all sweet and, and proper and everything, because she done scared the shit out of both of them. <laughs> but of course, the, the best... Thing with voodoo is marked for death with Steven Seagal. Don't forget that. <laughs> oh, that's what Jamie likes the most. <laughs> Jamie, do you have any uh, Netflix recommends? Yeah, uh, I just watched a couple nights ago. I watched a documentary called The Real Amityville Horror that focuses more on the DeFeo murders. It also goes into the haunting stuff, but it starts off with the actual DeFeo murders, so that was pretty interesting. Oh, cool. Um, if Stalled is still available, that's a fun little independent British zombie film that's really funny. Is and, it? Um, I recommend that. Hmm? Oh, it just reminded me of like Dance of the Dead or something. Oh. Um, did you see it? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Um, it's actually, it's pretty cute. It's about this, this guy who gets trapped in a bathroom during a Christmas party and then the zombie apocalypse happens. So the whole thing pretty much takes place in the women's bathroom. Really? But it's really funny, really well done. And um, so I recommend that. It's it's a it's a fun movie. And don't forget, Saved by the Bell is on here, Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys um, think about the last Walking Dead episode? Anybody do it? I loved it. I loved it, too. Yeah, you're right. It's good. I loved it. it just, I just hate when we come back from a break and then only focus on, like, two people. Right. I w- right. I'm so hungry to see what's going on with everyone else that I just, I'm like, ah, damn it. Now i got to wait another week. But I, what, I did love what happened in the episode. Yeah, but next week will be all Daryl and, like, everybody will be happy. And, I know, but you know I want I mean? Daryl now. 
<laughs> You'll get him next week, Jamie. <laughs> they gonna finally introduce him in the comic book sometime this year. Oh yeah, he's not yep. in the comics, dude. What? No, he's a made-up character for the TV show. They do that a lot, though. Hey, man, that's hey. You gotta you gotta hand it to him, you know. I want to see Maggie back, though. God damn it, we need to see her next episode too. I think we do. But um, I thought coming back, though, it was strong because, you know, thinking back, this goes back to season one. I remember Dave Z said this, uh, you know, last time, too, where it's going to go back to just fucking on the road, you know, and and getting into crazy predicaments like that, which I really do enjoy. Like, I, you know, I can't looking back on it. I don't like any of the prison shit. Like, it, it was just a depressing time. Like, they were never safe. Rick is seeing ghosts. Like, whatever. So, anyways, um, I, I like how it's going back to kind of the roots. And they're just, you know, he, he Carl's happy. He's got his pudding. So, everything's right in the world. And, yeah, I thought it was a, sol- I thought it was a solid episode. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of pudding, dude. Yeah. Ooh, and Rick got beat the shit. Got the shit beat out of him. Like. Oh, dude. Yeah, Rick got fucked up. He was wheezing the whole time. Dude, that was brutal, huh? Like, to see the aftermath of that episode w- was nice, too. I like how they didn't, you know, because remember one season, I think they skipped right through the winter or something. I like how they picked up exactly, you know, well, it was, uh, you know, midseason. But, yeah, I like how they picked up exactly where everything left off and how everybody scattered. And I, I love that aspect of it, of, of focusing in on, on certain characters. You know, people either love it or hate it, um, I guess, depending on the episode and, and the characters. But, um you know, like they had that whole episode for the governor. Uh, that was classic. I thought. I thought it was just, and that's what The Walking Dead is. It's all about the characters, and I love when they when they focus in because because that's the thing. Like they'll focus in some episodes and get really fucking personal, and they'll still have crazy shit going on. Those those there'll still be zombies and shit, but then you get those big episodes where you know they're big fucking you know climactic endings and and crazy shit and and things blowing up, and you get that too. So I like the balance, dude. I, I like where the show is at right now. I was definitely pleased. Cool. And that's that. <clears throat> yep. So that's uh, Netflix and Walking Dead. Now, uh, someone said, now I don't know if anybody knows about this, but they said uh, there's an upcoming Star Wars movie. If anybody has any insight, <laughs> then. Uh, Wait, what is it? Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. They're supposed to be bringing back Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and Fuck Princess yeah. Leia for the first one. And then they supposed to make a Boba Fett movie. Then they supposed to do Yoda. the second part to that. And then they supposed to have a movie with another character standalone. So you're going to get a Star Wars movie each year. One is going to be part of the trilogy. One yeah. is going to be a standalone movie. Then the next one is going to be part of the trilogy. Then you're going to get another standalone movie. And then you're going to get another tri- part of the trilogy after that. Oh, my God. Now, they, Lewis, uh-huh. did, did you ever get into any of the comic books or, or any of the books um, leading after the events of Jedi? I got into, like, the first one that came out, um, Shadow yep. of the Empire. Yep. I, I had them books. But yep. what they saying is that they're going to they gonna pick and choose from what they have from the extended universe that's going to be canon since mm-hmm. uh, Marvel took over. I mean, Marvel and Disney then took Disney. over. Right. So they're right. they going to cut out some of the stupid stuff and just 
put the bare bones stuff, what's going to be actually canon from the expanded universe. Now, do you think it, it's um, it, it's Luke going back to Yavin, opening up the Jedi Academy, uh, you know, and you got Luke and Leia's kids? Do you think they'll go that aspect? I don't know because everybody knows their story, so right, they right. might take parts of it and change it up to what they feel like they're going to do. But I don't think Luke Skywalker and them is going to be through the whole trilogy. No. I think they're going to be just in the first part, and then As after that, it's yeah. going to be the new characters. I hope. Are they going to be the old people like Mark Hamill and stuff? Yep. Yeah, they're all signed. Oh yep. my god. You don't like that? Is it going to be Rocky Six? No, I mean, it, it, it's whatever. I mean, look, honestly, am I the only one here who never really got into those movies? Oh, uh, I, I was afraid of that. I knew you were going to say that. Star Wars is... I have just as many Star Wars toys as I do Power Rangers. Dude, you know what's weird? <laughs> I I tried getting into them when um, I was like... I don't know what age I was, but remember the year when it was a big deal that Lucas took them all and did the THX thing to them yep. all? Yeah, I bought them all on tape that year, and then I copied them to DVD in like 2001. I maybe watched it. Then I bought the Blu-ray when it came out because it was all three of them for like uh, eleven or twelve dollars. So I said I'll get it. I really want to love these things, but I just something never clicks with me. And I know people who are obsessed with this stuff, and. I don't know, and I, I I won't even bother to watch the part one and two because I heard they're horrible. And then I and went to three. well, I went to watch three, and I heard that was the amazing one, and I thought that was horrible except for the last ten minutes. <laughs> he killed the younglings. I just can't get into this shit, man. It just seems so corny, and everybody looks like a little like everybody looks like a fairy in in this in part one, two, and three, man. Like I just can't dig it, and I don't know the originals. I guess because Star Wars was the first of its kind for the special effects and stuff and when it came out and people yeah. love the story and the characters are just so relatable to how a lot of people feel about themselves. But it all depends how you feel. If it's not your roadhouse or, or you don't like it, there ain't nothing wrong with that. I can't be mad at you about that. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think it sucks. I just don't. No, and you know what's weird about that, Alex, though? I, as big as a Star Wars fan that I am, I can see that. Like, I can understand why, because it's definitely a lot to take in. You got Jabba the Hutt over here on his fucking sand barge, and you got Hoth over here with the walking fucking elephant things, the AT-ATs. You got so much shit going on where if I didn't see him as a kid, I probably wouldn't love him as much. You know but what I mean? I did like, see him as a kid, though. Well, then you're fucking retarded. I know, dude. I'm <laughs> just... I used to have bed sheets of this stuff, like, and I don't oh, even know too. why. I don't even know why I had it, but and like, uh, I, I think it's iconic imagery, like that robot and the little robot and the big fat blob and all of them. The girl with the buns in her hair, like, it's all iconic and perfect. And Darth Vader looks perfect and all that stuff, but I don't know. I just can't get into it. Well, hey, J.J. Abrams is making it, man. He made Star Trek Into Darkness. So oh, I you just watched that one. Yeah, yeah, love that movie. Gone! Yeah, you know what's weird, man? Uh, I just watched Into Darkness for the second time. Remember, I gave that a 5 out of 5 and a 10 out of 10. Right. This second time around, I feel like um, I thought there was more to it in the theater. I feel like you barely saw Khan in in the movie the second time around. Is that... 
You feel that way too, or am I just... You're not crazy. No? You're not crazy at all. But the problem about Into Darkness is don't watch Raphacon. Right. Because Raphacon right. would just make you be like, this is the same goddamn it story. Is. They just reverse stuff over again. But then right. you gotta think, that movie, Raphacon is like 30 years old almost. Right. And it's a generation or two that don't even know what the hell is Raphacon. So. Right. Right. I actually have the Blu-ray of Rathacon, and I thought it was weird because I do know that... I don't want to give a spoiler away, but whatever, who cares? Oh, please. Spock is the one who dies. Right. And they were... I don't know why they... How did they... Anybody ever uh, t- say why they reversed something? That pivot? I think... I, I love that, though. I think it's perfect. Why? But why did they do that, and what's the point? Because it's a parallel universe that they went to, so things are not going to be the same as it was in the original set. Yeah, because that old Spock lived that stuff. Yep. So the new... Wait a minute. Yeah, I don't know. I You right. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Because that stuff did happen. Yeah. So it's reverse when... But I thought this is them young and they're gonna... No, it's No, nah, because... it's kind of like a reboot type of thing. Oh, is it? Yeah, what yeah. it is because Spock went through that wormhole and changed all the um events of what happened to them everything's in reverse they don't explain that in the movies but it's basically that's what it is anytime a character from a, a alternate past goes into an alternate future they change things like Marty, Marty McFly. McFly. <laughs> <laughs> he went back with the almanac. <laughs> Dude, there's so many. Oh, man. <clears throat> we should get into that one day. We should do um, a Back to the Future review, dude, and just, like, pick apart everything that's wrong. Please, please don't beat your kids for burning a hole in the rug. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, even as a kid, I wondered, how could you not know that your son grew up to look just like the guy that you <laughs> hung you out with. Did you see that Family Guy skit, dude? It's the best. No. He's like, really? You don't remember that our son looks like that guy? <laughs> like, oh, dude, it's, it's Dude, ridiculous. what about the idea that at the end when Marty left, they're like, Marty, that's a really good name. Uh, okay, well, you named your first son uh, something else. Like, I forgot his name. Remember, he goes, <laughs> hey, what, what are you doing? Uh, Marty, I always wear this when I go to the office. Like, that Ooh, guy's Bob's name is... going to change that oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that guy's name is not Marty, so why would you name your second or third kid Marty? Greg, right? Isn't it Greg? Yeah, Greg, yeah, something like that. Like, it's just like, that makes no sense. I don't know. And, like, why wouldn't... Like, in, in, the, in, the, in the picture... When the the brothers and sister are waving and like their heads disappeared and all that stuff, wouldn't the whole picture itself vanish? Why would just body parts? Why did he want the fucking time machine destroyed at the end if he's just gonna make another one out of a fucking train? <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense, dude. Yeah, nothing, dude. Every time you go back in time, nothing makes sense. Even <laughs> with with Terminator, dude. Like John Connor. Like they sent John Connor. They, they send. Kyle Reese back to 1984 to protect Sarah Connor and make sure she's fine so John Connor could be born. Okay. I always get lost in this. Fuck. I'm going to try and keep up. Yeah, well, let's try this time. Ready? So (laughs) he bangs her, then gives birth to John. Okay. So here's the thing. 
That's fine if you want to play, you know, ooh, with it. Who was John's father? Originally. Originally. And <laughs> how could two different guys have sperm that creates an identical offspring <laughs> who thinks the same, acts the same, does the same, has the same skills? Makes no sense. Everything is precisely perfect. It's impossible. <laughs> That, yeah, I got nothing, dude. <laughs> and then somebody will say, well, he was always meant to go back in time, but it had to happen for the first time. You just can't always be meant to go back in time. You can't use... It's got to start somewhere, right, right? Yeah, you can't use that to explain the future when that hasn't happened yet. That's why I hate time travel. <laughs> you got to stop doing it, man. That's why I can't get into Doctor Who... No. Uh, Back to the Future. I liked it when I was a kid, but the sequels just let me left me on, and I'm still saying, where is my goddamn hoverboard? Oh yeah. my god! Isn't it 2014 now, or like when did they? 2015. We got one more year. Those boards don't run on water. They don't run on water. <laughs> Whatever he said. <laughs> Unless you got power. Yeah, we don't have jackets that, like, fit our bodies and, and dry us off if we fall in lakes. <laughs> Your jacket is now dry. Yeah, we don't have Jaws 34 where he jumps out of, like, a 3D and bites you when you're walking down the street. We don't have anything. And Michael Jackson's dead. They thought he'd still be alive selling us Pepsi or something like that. <laughs> and he's still... And here's the other big flaw, Back to the Future. Michael Jackson looked like he did in 1990. <laughs> was black, yeah. Yeah, they had no... If they were really predicting the future, how come he wasn't, like, a gross white guy? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And what about the thumbprints to get into your house and shit, you know? Yeah, that never happened. We still have goddamn keys. Dude, everything is prehistoric in this world. Nothing got any better. Nope. Nothing. We still oh. use gas. We we don't we don't pour Miller Lite and banana peels in our car to go anywhere. Yep. It seems like Star Trek predicted the future better than Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> they had laptops on there, cell phones on there. They had touchpad computers. We got all that now, so they predicted it right. Voice yep. command. We got voice command stuff. Yeah. Back to the Future gave us way too much credit. All we got are, like, cell phones and Netflix streaming. Like, that's all we got going for us in the year 2015. Nothing else really changed. <laughs> and they used, like, paper memos, too. Like, they got that wrong. Like, we don't use that now. We just use computer screens. Like, you're fired. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's Flea from the Chili Peppers. Yeah, right, Flea. All right, so uh, another thing they want to talk about real quick. Did anyone hear the possibility of another X-Files movie coming out? No, fuck the X-Files. I heard. Is that true? Maybe, (sighs) but the problem is they said the problem they got addressed is that in the movie, they said it was supposed to be an alien invasion in 2000 and whatever already passed. <laughs> Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Dude, that last X Files movie sucked. Both of them suck. Both of them suck. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry, dude. I mean, listen, I know uh, Vince Gilligan got it. Uh, he met Brian Cranston on an episode of The X Files. That's how they met. That's how Breaking Bad got started. That's He thought of him 
at, at, you know, for, uh, for the pilot, for Breaking Bad. That's the only good thing to come out of that show. I hate the X-Files. Hmm. And you know why they called her Dana Scully, right? Because of what David Duchovny was doing with her. Dirty <laughs> <laughs> only- bastard. Only one episode I liked the X Files when they had the Predator on it. Oh yeah? What? Really? Yeah, they they was in the woods and they they said it was a ghost uh-huh. in the woods that was killing people. But when they went to investigate it, they didn't show him uncloaked, but uh-huh. you could see the eyes glow and you and he's <laughs> shooting lasers out of his shoulder. What? Wow. They never said it was the Predator, but you kind of had an idea that's what it was. They never solved the case. Wow. Hmm. Hey, speaking of Arnold and all this stuff in Terminator before, uh, I was looking at Edward Furlong's IMDb today, just out of coincidence, because I I forgot why. I think we were wondering, um, I don't know, somebody mentioned something about John Connor. So, do you know that um, they filmed a short called T2 3D Battle Across Time? It was like a Universal Studios thing where you go there and you watch it in 3D and you, like, live it out and you journey with them. And what it is is it's Arnold... And the kid, and they're in the war zone. Like, you know, in the beginning of every movie, they show, like, the fighting of the robots? Yeah. Like, you're in that with Hmm. them. And it's on YouTube, so look that up. Really? I forgot the name of it, but just rewind this and and type in what I just said. Hmm. You could watch. It's, like, uh, 12 minutes long. It's so weird because you know that they all got paid at least half a mil to a mil to do it. Mm-hmm. They put like they all phoned it in, man. Like Arnold's really? like, look out, and he just puts his arm up, like all relaxed. <laughs> a big explosion <laughs> happens, and then John's like, "What are we gonna do? We have to keep going. I don't know." They're like whatever. It's like horrible, but you gotta watch it. It's just funny if you're into that. And, it, and they shot it in '96, so he looks a little older. John Connor is older. It's funny. Huh? Just look that oh, up. Shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, the last thing is, uh, since you got. Since you're doing a Stephen King retro, so this is good for this show, uh, how about some Cell news? I keep forgetting they're in the process of making that movie. How do you like the casting? Do you think it will be another World War Z big Hollywood zombie flick, or they may actually be a good story in there? A good King story in there. I just cool. did a news story about that. It's the orphan. She's in the movie. Her and Sam Jackson, and I forgot yeah. who the other person is. It's, it's cool. somebody good, though. It's like Samuel Jackson... Jennifer Lopez is in there, right? I think. <laughs> I think that Samuel Jackson, John Cusack, Isabella. John Cusack, that's who it was. Isabella Furman, Wilbur Fitzgerald, Joshua Mickle, Michael Beasley. I don't know Anthony Reynolds. I don't know any other names here. Who's directing? Do you know? Oh, Todd Williams. Sorry. I have no idea who that is. It's because Eli Roth was attached, and that's the last I, I heard of anything, so... He did Paranormal Activity 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm All thinking right that then. they're going to try to make this close to the to the, to the the King story. I'm, I don't see read him it? doing a World War Z with uh, this. Did you read the book, Jamie? Yeah. Jesus Christ, dude. How could everybody reads? I don't read. I know. Who reads? The only thing I read is comic books most of the time. That's about it. I'm still trying to catch up on Encyclopedia Brown books. <laughs> Here's the one thing. I just finished Ramona Quimby, age eight. <laughs> I just finished Charlotte's Web. <laughs> 
so uh, no, Bugs Meanie was at the bottom of that one. Though. I do know that one. Here's here's a storyline of this one. When a strange signal pulse signal pulsates through all cell phone networks worldwide, it starts a murderous epidemic of epic proportions. Where when users become bloodthirsty creatures, and a group of people in New England are among the survivors to deal with the ensuing chaos. After that's the uh, plot for this uh, cell. I don't know. See, I don't know. To, to me, it's all about like, like. Okay, dude, it could be shit or it could be amazing. I gotta see something first. I gotta see a trailer. It, it sounds cool from what I hear. Okay, it's a cool concept, but it all depends on on what they do with it. So we'll see. Hmm. I'm actually reading a book right now. Are you? Yeah, it's called uh, Arnold: The Education of a Bodybuilder. <laughs> Dude, it is so good. Arnold wrote this book. It's sort of like his life coming up in bodybuilding. And he mm-hmm. wrote it in, like, years right after he won his last... Well, he won, like, six Mr. Olympias in a row. And then he retired to do movies and stuff. And I think two or three years after that, he wrote this book. Dude, you gotta read this, man. Because you're into working out, right, Dan? Uh, recently, yes. Yeah, this will motivate you like nothing before. You know how Pumping Iron, you watch that and you're completely motivated? This book, dude, is like the perfect, you know, it's the icing on the cake of that. But I gotta read it? Dude, you won't be able to put it down. Can I get the book on tape? (laughs) Uh, maybe. I don't know. I'm just fucking with you. No, yeah, I'll check it out for sure. Because you're right, Pumping Iron is very inspirational. It makes you want to fucking kill people. Yeah. In a good way. In a good way. The simple act of people getting together. Good. Could I have one more go, Lawson, please? Sorry. What? Could I have just one more take of that, sir? Why? I just did it right. Yeah. Now, look, I, I'm not used to having more than one person in there. One more word out of you and you go. Is that clear? Yes, sir. I take, well, I take directions from one person under protest. But from two, I don't sit still. But who the hell are you, anyway? No, I'm the engineer. Well, why the hell are you asking me for another one? Well, I thought there was a slight bonk, and I would like just like to be safe. Jesus. What is a gonk? Do you mind telling me what that is? A bang from outside. A bang from outside. Could I see Mrs. Rogers for a minute, please? Yes, certainly. Hey, this is Kane Roberts, and you better be careful because you're listening to The Skeleton Crew. Rock on. And joining us is Gary Motherfucking Hill. Thank you very much, Gary, for being with us, sir. Thanks for having me, guys. And if you don't yeah, really. Gary, dude, hey, Cinema Beef Podcast is the shit. I've been on a couple times with Gary and had one of the most titillating conversations about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 ever. It was great. <laughs> that was a good time, Gary. You had a great time too, man. Yeah, dude. And and we wanted to, we we uh we've mentioned this to Gary before, but his cinema beef uh template for his show. <laughs> 
it, it's just it, it's nearly impossible to follow when when everybody's agreeing with with everything because because Gary when Gary and I get talking there's never a beef anywhere in sight it's just it's just total either both of us bashing it or both of us loving it so and usually that that's what happens I know you said you had a uh, you had a beef with Dave Z on one of them or what what could be considered a beef right. Well, it was a film beef. I got no personal problems with Dave Z at all. We, we never did, you know. but, <laughs> he slapped uh, yeah. Dave Z in the face. <laughs> What'd you say, you motherfucker? <laughs> I'm going to whack him. But yeah, dude, I, I love cinema beef, so I'm, I'm excited to have Gary on. Yeah, he's going to join us on a review of Secret Window, which I keep saying broken window all week. <laughs> Uh, so what's going on in horror? Is there any uh, noteworthy? Uh... There's just not a lot coming up, unfortunately. So it might might be time to go back to our screen retrospective or something. <laughs> no, but I don't know. You know, there's just not a lot coming up. Let's just um, hurry up and get the hundred shows over, and then we'll start doing like an action movie podcast or something. Yeah, nothing but Van Damme movies. Let's do it. <laughs> Dude, I would rather do. I would rather take like some favorite show of mine and just do a podcast on every episode. Like, I would, I would literally watch every Twilight Zone and just do a show on every episode or oh, something. I like, uh, dig it, man. Yep. Yeah, I, I could do that with Sons. I could do that with Breaking Bad. I could do that with Say by the Bell. I could do that with fucking anything, dude. Like, I'll, I, I could t- watch a Ninja Turtles cartoon from the eighties and nineties, and I'll do an episode on. It. I'll do The Simpsons. Like, I'm that into all that stuff. Or as a kid, I was whatever. But mm-hmm. like, I could I could just go back and just watch that stuff again, and just do a total fun breakdown. If anyone else is, dude, I did a fucking garbage pail kids movie. I could do anything. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> well, and I've told Alex that before. You could take the dumbest thing and fucking make it interesting. And he, that's how I met Alex. Actually, I was like, "Who is doing this dumb shit that's actually really good and entertaining?" Because uh, every every show, I made it all the way to the end, and I was like, "That was great." But um, you're like, "Wow, I'm still here, and it's over." Yeah, like, and I don't like garbage pill kids at all. I have no fucking idea, even you know. Sorry. You maybe think yeah, about Tangerine yeah. there, Alex. That's a bad thing, man. You know. Oh, she was hot. <laughs> Yeah, there was like a 25-year-old girl hooking up with like a 14-year-old. And Ooh. actually actually we're going to we're going to have an interview. Wow, I wonder if we should uh hmm. we're going to have an interview the with the kid. No, the Dodger, the kid Dodger in the movie. Oh, that Aston kid. Jonathan Aston. Nice. <laughs> you know his name. Who's, <laughs> who's I think it's Jonathan Aston. So <laughs> The one whose brothers with the kid from the Goonies. Oh, it's Mackenzie. Come on, the guys. I, I, it's Sam. I know that. Okay. Oh, Mackenzie Aston. I watched a lot of Facts of Life, gentlemen. I don't know what it is, but you know. Oh, oh, oh! Sean Aston's in the new Cabin Fever that looks horrible. That's some horror news for you. Cabin Fever, I dude. There's a new horrible. Cabin Fever coming out. Oh my god, it looks bad, dude. But yeah, Sam, fucking little, little fucking little Sam, and. uh and yeah, he's back. Dude, there's nobody in this movie either other than him. It's almost like that other movie he made. What was it? It was part of the After Dark Horror series where he was pre- pretty much the only star and it was a horrible script. And yeah, that, that won't sell it. <laughs> Nevertheless, his brother. Yeah. <laughs> Can I say something real quick? Just jumping back to this Curse of Chucky thing because Jonathan Orr got me. Oh, yo, 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 I I rewatched that because when I first saw it, and I said this on that show, The Curse of Carrie, 
I said, uh, I just don't get it. I don't know what you guys are raving about. I have nothing against Chucky. I liked part one. I like like part two. Uh, I think part three was the army one. I liked yeah. that one. Yeah. I, I was okay with Seed of Chucky. I wasn't I, – I didn't hate it. So I'm, I'm on board this far in. And then we get to Curse of Chucky. Is that the next one, right? It's only five, right? Uh, I feel like Curse is six for some reason. Yeah, it is six. Oh, it is oh six. yeah, Bride. Yeah. Bride. Yeah. I skipped Bride yep. and Chucky. Yep. That I don't I don't like that one that much. No. So um, I watched it again. Uh, and second views have been more important than ever to me because I just watched your next again. And when we review that, I, I mentioned that I don't think this movie has much of a rewatch value. And uh, I was dead wrong, man. I mean, I love your next. Yeah, that me is... too. When the girl runs into the tripwire with her neck, when she goes makes the floor run. Oh, yeah, dude. dude. I am doubled over laughing every <laughs> single time. It's so slapstick. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, I was cracking up in the theater, and I cracked up at home. <laughs> it's hilarious. I love that scene. But so here's the thing about Curse of Chucky, man. I still don't get it. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I, like, literally, for the first... And it, I looked at the time. At the one-hour mark is when she peels his face, and it's revealed that he's the original messed-up Chucky. Right. But from zero to one-hour mark, the only remotely interesting thing to me is that that table scene with the drugs on the food. And if you paid attention, you should have known whose plate that was the whole time. Right. And the first time I didn't pay attention. And the second time I, I did, of course, yeah. um, and the car accident and his head falling off. That is it. There is nothing else that is remotely compelling, interesting, nothing. It's so dark. Every, the turn <laughs> the fucking lights on. You hate that shit, huh? <laughs> Turn the lights on. And my my listen, man. My whole thing was uh, it brought it back. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> my, my whole thing with that was um, I was confused, uh, and everybody was when it first came out, and it played to that, and I and I found that aspect of it very smart, and I really appreciated it, and I thought it all came together. It wasn't so much that she peeled off the makeup; it was uh, it was the significance of it, not the makeup, but you know, the plastic. It was Where the significance. Of it, uh, of the directors playing on, uh, basically playing a trick—not a trick, but basically playing to the audience in terms of everybody not knowing what the next installment is. Is it a remake? Is it this? Is it that? Is the other thing? And I like how they went with that. They like they rode with that, dude. I, if I made a horror movie and it was a part of a franchise, and you can do something like that, I mean, name another franchise that's done that. I, like I said, I thought it was great because of what they did with, with Brad Dorif and, and all those things, but I also... See, I didn't even think that was that great. I liked it. I liked it. Am I crazy or what? What's wrong with me? No, there's nothing wrong with that. You know where it took a shit for me? You know, I, I, I'll talk about it, you know. I, I, I liked the film as a whole because the continuity was there, kind of, until right, it kind right. of took a shit at the end of that movie, the little second ending. Which was the second ending? The one with Wait, Andy, where he gets sent to Andy's house, and okay, yeah, for no apparent. He reason. could have made another movie with that. Damn it! Was he dead? I forgot how that ended. Did he kill Chucky? Supposedly, supposedly, he, at the end, he gets sent to the the little girl's grandmother's house or something. And then he huh. was going to play hide the soul with the little girl. Right. Well, what happened in Andy's house? Well, I mean, he you, you, would, you would think that his soul went the little girl. 
but but no, Chucky gets sent to Andy's house, and then supposedly he Andy shoots him in the head. You you see Andy pull out a rifle. It's like yeah, right. gotcha, Chucky, and then she shoots Chucky in the head. You know, supposedly. But that's supposed no. to be after he sees the little girl. The kind right. of that was after work. that. I don't. You don't. You don't know. It, it had to be. Right. If that's the case. <laughs> oh well, you know th- that's not even. A, I, to me, it's like the whole Amityville three problem. Like you make me sit through an hour and ten minutes to give me this cool ending, and I'm like, dude. That's fine, dude. I mean, it's not like it, I, I, I ain't mad at you, bro. I I appreciated certain aspects of it, but Child's Play has never been my favorite series to begin with, you know. So, dude, you ripped that. You ripped it. And uh, John, uh, Jonathan, I'm so used to having Jonathan here all of a sudden. Uh, Gary, what did you uh, think of your next? Do you still like that? And the second watch after knowing the uh, twists and all that stuff. Well, my first watch was a midnight show at a horror convention, so I was half asleep wow. anyway. So. Technically, watching it at home was my first watch, so it's, right, yeah. I, I enjoyed it pretty well. It did. It was. It was good. And it's better than the Purge. Yeah, yeah, it was better than the Purge. Yes, <laughs> but um, <laughs> was. there was some good gaggling. Like I said, uh, I'll get a running start. They'll never catch me. All of a sudden, sorry, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> and I, I, I love looking at AJ Bowen's face when he's looking at her when she's about to run because he knows exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. <laughs> he just doesn't care. All you need, all you need to hear was, I mean, really, to your chariots of fire while she's running. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think of that music? Like, like that, uh, that, that, that John Carpenter type synthesizer. There's been a lot of, sh- uh, that movie gets a lot of shit for the 80s soundtrack, but I love it. It's perfect. I love that song, though, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. All my life I've been Ty West fans for him, him to get an arrow in the head kind of made me happy so you know? quickly too yeah 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 yeah. he was fucking out of the equation in like 10 minutes yeah yeah that was uh, good because I don't I'm not a fan of Ty West I did enjoy Innkeepers but other than that I think uh, I think the guy should just uh... you know my favorite Ty West film is Cabin Fever 2 and let me tell you why because it was a fun film what oh I no not another one fun. Yes, come on, get some beef going. Go ahead, what, what, what? Why don't you like it, Dad? I, dude, I it that funny. movie is horrible, dude. It, horrible enough for Ty West to disown it. <laughs> I mean, it was... I it's I like no... Ty West. I like exactly. Ty West. They... I say Cabin Fever 2 is my favorite movie of his, and I enjoyed it for some reason. Well, rip it, Dan, rip it. Uh, Cabin Fever 2? I don't even know where to begin. It's the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen. Especially, right, what's wrong with it? 
Uh, dude, everything, dude. I mean, it's just so you know what it is. It's a horror comedy, and it's so slapstick, and it's so fucking out of. There's so I just don't like it. Like I, I think horror comedies um, are okay. Like if it's Shaun of the Dead or something, but the, the, in this in this uh, world, it just doesn't work for me. Plus, I love Cabin Fever so much, and they fucked with uh, you know Eli Roth's uh, world. And I know a lot of people don't like Cabin Fever. Probably two of them sitting on this panel. But at the same time, I just I hate Cabin Fever too. I fucking I just don't like it. It's I think it's a shit movie, and you know they they fucked up his vision of it, and they took it and made it something completely different. And to me, if nobody could take ownership for their own like baby, and it's just kind of out there, it's just it turns me off to a movie. It's almost like we didn't know what to do with this bastard child. You know what I mean? And that's that's how I feel. I like Cabin Fever 1, don't get me wrong, but uh-huh. I, I don't mind the direction that Cabin Fever 2 took because I thought it was a lot of mm-hmm. fun. Pe- people turning to goo and shit from the drinking water, that, that, that was a lot right. of fun, you know? Yeah. The high school, yeah. high school dance, I always enjoyed that atmosphere, the high school dance. Like, what can that go wrong okay. at a high school dance? A lot, apparently. Yeah, that, actually, you know what? That scene was pretty fucking chaotic and ballsy. I agree. Yeah, that was good. That you was- know, I never saw this, but I'm siding with Gary so far. He's really selling it to me. <laughs> There's a part at the end I love where the girls... Infected. She's a stripper, and she's fucking doing all the all the all the backroom shit strippers do supposedly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, you know she she she's picking at this scab, which she, she thinks is herpes or something, but it's the fucking disease. And you know, oh no, that's like a nightmare, dude. Wow, the cabin fever. That, like I said, and then now they got a third one with fucking Sam from Lord of the Rings. So it just—I'm totally turned off at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, not me. I can't wait, man. I want to get the trilogy on Blu-ray. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> they got four too coming. So it's just—it's oh out of control. yes, it's out of control. You remember when we spent like forty minutes <laughs> reviewing Wrong Turn Five? <laughs> yeah, dude. I bet people are like, what? The- fuck are these guys doing there's like movies like exorcist out there there's movies like fucking you know like all these like uh incredible pieces of art that we never even like mentioned one time and we're gonna spend 45 minutes on (laughs) wrong turn five (laughs) what a show i'm telling you man i don't know how we survived this long (laughs) speaking of eli roth you guys heard any early, early reports on the green inferno yet or is it any good I haven't seen it, dude. I, I really want to see it. And Ty West has got the sacrament coming out, too. Uh, Eli Roth produced that. So uh, I guess this this year isn't totally, you know, whatever. Oh, wait, but- dude. You see the commercial for Clown, Eli Roth? Yes. Oh, my that God, dude. good. Holy shit. We talked about that. There was one of the first times Jamie ever came on to do the news. Yep. We, back when, you know, she wasn't on our show officially – we talked about Clown and that – remember that person made a fake trailer yep. and they said it was Eli Roth and he liked it so much he wrote around the trailer? I love that shit, dude. That's why I love Eli Roth right there. Yeah, he did it. He made the movie. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, and the commer- the trailer looks incredible, dude. It looks just as crazy. The trailer didn't make me feel like it went in the direction I thought it was going to go like uh but hey whatever I mean it's a great premise now, now, the only thing with the, with the only problem I have with Eli Roth is I guess post hostel right he kind of became Tarantino's boy yeah so he chooses to plagiarize stuff like Tarantino does I don't know how to explain this I don't I'm going to be an asshole about it. like look, he's he's ripping shit off 
but but like I said, the Green Inferno is basically Cannibal Holocaust. You know. Oh yeah. And Tarantino, he says he, t- he takes stuff that he says, no, no, I didn't take anything. But you know, if, if you watch Django and you watch uh, a Jim Brown movie from the seventies called, it was called Boss Nigger. Okay, I'm gonna say what the film, the, the title is, but that's what the movie's called. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, Gary. Yeah, I, that's what the movie's called. I could have said Boss N Word, but you know, if you're looking for it, you're not gonna find it on Boss N Word. It is a good movie. But it's right. Okay, so I got to type in Boss N Word on IMDb. If, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead, and do yeah. that. You're, you're not gonna find it. Though, <laughs> but, uh, Wait, I know that. I heard that commercial. Is that the funny commercial where they just keep saying it over and over? I don't know. <laughs> they call him boss. Boss nigga. They rode into a white man's town. Bringing black man's law. He's black. He's brutal. He's boss. Fred Williamson is Boss Nigger. They call him Boss. Boss Nigger. I just swore in your new deputy. Made myself the sheriff. Being called a nigger in public. Now that's $20 or two days in jail. Take your filthy black hands off me, nigger. He, he just locked up the bank president. Well, you all been hunting black folks for so long. We just want to see what it felt like to hunt white folks. Part legend, part devil, all man. Fred Williamson is boss nigger. Derville Martin, his deputy. They call him boss. They call him boss. Boss nigger. He's so bad. They call him boss. They call him boss. Boss nigger. Keep going with that, Gary, because I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that's, that. That's, Keep, yeah. that's Django Unchained in a nutshell is that movie. Right, but yeah, right. But ever since you know, he's been um, balls resting on his lips with Quentin Tarantino because he's been <laughs> his boy for a while. He choosing, he's choosing to plagiarize stuff, too. And I'll not explain this. It's, yeah. He's talking about Dan's boy. Oh, dude, no, I don't care. That's fine. That's fine. You know what's funny about that, dude? Um, if it weren't for... For that, we wouldn't have Django Unchained. We wouldn't have Inglorious Bastards, which was also a remake. See, that's the thing, like, uh, very loosely, though. And see, that's the thing, like, you call it plagiarizing or whatever. I just call it taking fucking ill parts of stories and making it your own. And what, what do you think is a better movie, fucking Boss Nigger or Django Unchained? I mean, well, I, I never... Say. Okay, that, that, all right. That movie's like, well, that's like cool. an hour and a half long. You know, Django's like two and a half hours long. True. So it took him an hour and a half to tell the same story in that movie that did Have Tarantino you, say in two and a half hours. Right. So, well, I'm just a Tarantino fan overall, no, no, so no, I, I saw I'm not, I'm not being an asshole, mind you. Yeah, you know, God bless no, no, them, no. success. I'm glad you, you know, God bless I'm glad them. you brought it up. Yeah, no, dude, I'm glad you brought it up because, see, that's the thing I love about Tarantino is he takes, like, Inglorious Bastards, dude, same thing. Fucking, have you seen the original Inglorious Bastards? It's nothing to do with this one. It's loosely, loosely based on it, but he did his own thing. And and as far as the Green Inferno, dude, Eli Ross been wanting to do that for a minute. Now, granted, he's known um, Tarantino for a minute, too, but, hey, man, I say with the Green Inferno, 
you're right, it's Hannibal Holocaust, but that's what he set out to do is to do a movie like Hannibal Holocaust because that's one of his fucking favorite movies. So as far as where motivations come into play, where why people do what they do, um, it, it doesn't bother me at all. And, oh, and I'll say this as far as the clown movie is concerned. Eli Roth is, isn't directing clown. He's just a producer on it. And I'll say this too. Eli Roth was also a producer on The Last Exorcism 2, which, yeah. There's that. So take it with a grain of salt. Clown looks incredible, though. I could talk about Mr. Zombie for an hour about how much I, I dislike his films, you know, but that's, that's just me. He, oh, he, my God. He's got, I respect that, but I could, I could, I could bite yeah. my tongue, okay? <laughs> what do you, didn't you hear a Halloween 2 review with Banana Laser? Yeah, it was there, <laughs> you know. Didn't that convince you? I, I say this all the time. There's, there's an audience for every film. And I respect yep. that you guys love that film. I'm just mm-hmm. not the one. <laughs> All right. I guess I'll respect that you don't. And and like I said, dude, uh, Clown's coming out, and then The Sacrament too, which is Ty West, uh, Eli Roth produced. So that should be good too, man. I mean, hey, man, I loved House of the Devil. I thought that movie was fucking amazing, and The Innkeepers was great, dude. It's a it's a fun little kind of PG thirteen horror movie, but it's great. I love it. See No Evil two is coming out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So I guess there are some. Yeah, I'm gonna try to get an interview with the Soska sisters on that one too, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna contact them and say when you guys are doing your little promotional thing, don't don't skip the skeleton crew. Hey, I'm glad you mentioned that too because um, I think Lloyd posted this um, about Catherine Isabel being on season two of Hannibal. Yeah. I remember I started Hannibal. I thought um, the way they did it was amazing. I believe I talked about it on the show. Um, I guess the, the whole season one, if I were to wrap it up, because I binge-watched it the other day. Uh, first of all, it's fucking amazing. I love that show so much, dude. And I think the dude who plays Hannibal is fucking incredible. And uh, even the dude who plays Will Graham. I was asking Gary about this earlier. Um, Alex, have you seen Red Dragon? I forgot to ask you. No. No, dude, I told you, I don't like martial arts movies. <laughs> I said, have you seen Red Dragon? And you go, no, I haven't seen that many Bruce Lee movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dan corrected me earlier. That's uh, that's not a martial arts Bruce Lee movie. It's a Van Damme movie. And I'm, I'm not oh, that, I oh. mean, uh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's a uh, Silence of the Lambs movie. So. Right. It's, it's, a, Red, it's, it's a... Red Scorpion starring Dolph Lundgren, okay? Get it right. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Red Dragon. Like that, dude, I'm sorry. That sounds like a... It does. Oh, for sure. For sure. Enter the Dragon, Red Dragon, same fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Red Dragon is the prequel and I think is the better film out of those two. I think they made like four Hannibal movies. Um, yeah, right? Is anybody into that whole series? No, because I think uh, me personally, Nobody. fuck no. Well, dude, I'll say this though. Okay, but here's how, here's how they released them, okay? You got Silence of the Lambs, okay? Again, puts the lotion in the skin. Classic movie. I think it's 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 just okay. Like, it's got its creepy moments. I think, oh, it's overrated? I fucking say I think it is overrated. I think Anthony Hopkins is the boss. I think he should have won that year. Uh, I'm glad he did win. Wait, didn't he win? Yeah, he won fucking the Oscar for that, I think, right? Anyways, um, I thought that was a great movie, and then they came out with... I believe Hannibal, uh, which stars uh, Carrie's mom, Julianne Moore, and that one sucked. Like it was a, it was a okay movie. Dude, like Julianne it, Moore sucks. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. The only thing I like her in really is Boogie Nights, but um, and dude, she sucked in the Psycho remake. Oh, she sucked She's... in Boogie Nights. Guys, watch watch Don John. It's a great movie with her in it. Oh, dude, I I liked her in Don John. Actually, you're right. I stand corrected. She yeah. sucked in the Carrie remake. Yeah, totally yeah. phoned that in. Oh yeah, in the Hannibal. Like, where is she good? Like where where's this like uh She just said it though. This... Don John, she's good. Uh Boogie Night, she's incredible, I think. Um All right, two movies. All right. Okay, yeah. But okay, so you got Hannibal, which kinda sucked. And then I, I don't know, I think it went Red Dragon, and then they came out with another prequel, which I don't even consider a real movie. It's like a whatever. But um Red Dragon is probably my favorite out of all of them. And uh the the only two real contenders are Red Dragon and Silence of the Lamb, and a lot of people like the Red Dragon story. Now, the Red Dragon story is actually a remake of a movie called I believe it's Manhunter, right? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Manhunter, which I like Manhunter, but Red Dragon is one of my favorite movies. I mean, Edward Norton, fucking Anthony Hopkins, you got uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, you got so many fucking um, uh, good characters in that movie. So anyways... Uh, and, and I've never read the books. I've never read – I don't know if there's several books or if it's just one book, whatever. Wait, dude, real quick. Is Hopkins in all these movies? Uh, no. Which ones is he in? Two of them. The, the two good ones. Okay. The two good ones, yep. And and Red Dragon is, is by far my favorite. And he's actually not even the main villain just like – well, I guess he is uh, by the end of um, Silence of the Lamb. But uh, he's not like the villain in this one. The, and the villain is, is the fucking crazy it, – it's, it's a really good movie. Anyways, what I'm saying is it's all about Will Graham and uh, – you know he's a he's obviously a uh, he's not like an FBI agent. He's more of like a consultant because he sees the way murders are constructed and he reconstructs them and reconstructs them in his mind. And the way they play that out on the series because that's what this story is. It's the whole Red Dragon story fleshed out. You got Morpheus in there. You got um I forget the dude's name who plays uh, Hannibal, but he's fucking incredible, dude. He's a great actor. I think he just won an award too for uh, a movie, but. Anyways, he's really good in it, and uh, and the way they do the show is really fucking dark and creepy, dude. I mean, like, way beyond what I thought. I mean, there's, like, images of, of people in black with antlers, and it's just – it's insane. It's it's literally insane, and that's what it's meant to be. It's, it's, it's kind of a mind fuck. Like, I'll even compare it to Words of Salem in some aspects. Like, it, it's – it gets weird. It gets well, really watching now, then. You have to, bro. You have to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, it, it's just it's a wild show, and that's why I mentioned Catherine Isabel. She's joining uh, season two, and um, and you know, obviously, we all love her, so I can't wait to see her character on there. And uh, yeah, everybody, check out Hannibal, dude. You know, it took me a while to get into it, but I'm fucking so glad I did because it was a uh, it's NBC too, and it's a hell of a show for NBC, man. So check it out. You stole my story. Will? I'm sorry. Did I? I don't believe I know you. Is he a regular wacko like you've had before, in which case I can help? Or is this something you should be talking to your lawyer about? This guy is just simply out of his mind. That's all it is. Don't do you any good to play games with me, Mr. Rainey. Kind of an amazing coincidence, don't you think? The stories being so much alike. 
I did not steal your story. Leave me alone! I will burn your life and every person in it like a cane field in a high wind. The only thing that matters is the ending. It's the most important part of the story, the ending. And this one... It's very good. This one's perfect. Secret Window. This came out in 2004. It stars Johnny Depp, John Tortoro, Maria <laughs> Bello, Timothy Hutton, Charles Dutton, um, Len Carew, and other people. So, uh, yeah. The uh, plot of this movie is famed mystery writer Mort Rainey, Johnny Depp, is confronted by a mysterious stranger outside his house. The stranger calls himself John Shooter, that is Tortoro, and claims (laughs) that Mort has stolen an idea for a story from him. Like one of the books he wrote were a complete ripoff of his, is what he's saying. Uh, Mort, Johnny Depp, says he can prove that he wrote it first, but... While Moore waits for the evidence to appear, Shooter starts to become more and more violent. I don't know. I don't really like this movie that much, so... No, I'm just kidding. This is one of my fucking favorite movies of all time, dude. And I know there's an ongoing joke that I say that about every fucking movie, but... This literally is one of my favorite horror movies, dude. From the opening scene, dude. I mean, come on. This movie is brilliant, dude. When you fucking... All right, first scene. Boom. Johnny's that fucking in the car. Fucking boom. Windshield wipers are going. It's his inner dialogue. Fucking... And it's just... It's so good, dude. And... Uh, you know, it goes from there where um, basically it shapes the whole movie, which is he finds his wife cheating on him, which is the hot-ass Maria Bello and uh, with Timothy Hutton. So he catches him cheating. And just the whole scene, dude, it, it doesn't um, – the camera doesn't come off him. It's all in one shot. It's fucking beautiful. And uh, – yeah, from from there on, I was hooked, and then you know, um, right as uh, that scene ends, boom, secret window, uh, you know, roll, uh, roll the fucking cast, and and here we go, and you you go to the cabin. It's a uh, I don't know, what would you say, like a helicopter shot, goes right to the cabin, and you know, most of the movie is in the cabin. But there's other locations too, but that's the main central part of the movie. And this is basically the Johnny Depp show, man. I mean, this is what I love about this dude. And I think, you know, he's a fucking great actor. And this is my favorite role that he's in. I think he fucking just kills it. I, I it's, it's hard to explain this movie without giving it away. But, um, but I mean, I guess to start off, like I said, he finds his wife cheating. Dude's a writer. John Turturro comes fucking knocking at his door one day. And, uh, and he, he's, you stole my story. And, uh, and so he goes through great lengths to try and, um, you know, prove to this guy that, that, uh, you know, mystery something, Isabel magazine, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, he goes through all these things to try and prove to this guy that, that, you know, um, that he wrote the story first and he just doesn't believe him and shit keeps going down. He kills Chico. He killed Chico. 
And uh, and there's so many things that happen in this movie that this guy does to him or whatever. And it's really creepy, dude. I think John Turturro, first of all, is a tremendously good actor. And I think he plays a good villain in this movie. But um, but then, you know, clearly this is the Johnny Depp show, like I said. So I love this movie. I'll fucking talk about this movie all day. What did you guys think of it? Gary, what did you think? Well, I thought this movie was uh, – you mentioned like in the last one of the reviews we did um, – like that was the real Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. This to me was The Shining beats the Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Because there, yes. there was a lot of elements of The Shining in this movie. Not in a bad yep. way necessarily, but you know, they, mm-hmm. it reminded me of The Shining quite a bit. Yeah, but like, like you yeah, said, I, just, I never thought of that. That's a good go point, ahead. dude. Yeah, no, that was a, not like I said, dude. That you know, it's funny that you said that because wow, dude, I want to name some scenes that that have to do with that. But please, please continue. Yeah, you get the isolation, you know, mm-hmm. him all by himself. You know, basically yep. he, he loses his mind through this whole movie. We'll, we'll explain later right. why, but you know, it's it's the whole idea of him being by himself and him. Seeing something necessarily might not be there, or you know, right. doing something that might not necessarily realize he's doing. You know, like you said, the turtles really great. I love the turtle anything. You know, I'm a big fan. Yeah, of do the right thing is like my favorite movie of all time. He was in that yep. movie, and from mm-hmm. then I've been an, I've been a fan of his. You know, you can't come into sales world famous no more. Stuff like that. You know, come <laughs> on, man. I, lo- I love him. Oh, oh, brother, art. That's like one of my favorite movies of all time. Too. Oh, he's, just he's great. so good. Yeah. Yep. Although he plays a hillbilly more convincingly in that movie he does in this movie, you know, but he's, right. uh, I, I, can name, I can name 15 movies I love him in, but yeah, he's great in this movie as, uh, Mr. Deeds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I changed the socks. <laughs> oh, the socks. He's so good. Yeah. He's awesome, dude. Yeah. He's yeah. got a foot fetish. Yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you play Psycho pretty good in this movie, like, Without without being without laying it on, basically says mm-hmm. oh, I'm gonna do these I'm gonna do these things and basically they, you're not gonna realize they're gonna happen. But like I said, right. they, they killed Chico, you know, and the, the yep. cutaway stuff was done well, you know. Mm-hmm. Again, we'll get into that later. But uh, right, yeah, it was it was good all around. You know, reminding The Shining quite a bit, like I said before. But it, Maria Bello's hot to anything, so oh yeah. I agree. Hey, Timothy Hutton is a douchebag. Yeah, no, we were movie. talking about this before too, Gary. Uh, now, what's the movie? Is it called? Is it the Dark Half? It's or, the Dark Half. The, yeah, yeah, because because uh, Timothy Hutton basically it's it's kind of a uh, re, not a remake, but um, you know, it's it's an older movie where Timothy Hutton plays a writer um, and he creates a pen name. And the pen name takes over, and you know it's kind of a duality type of thing. But um, I've never actually seen that movie. I, I've seen clips of it or whatever. But uh, I liked how he was in this version of it too, though. Almost like a kind of a retelling, not really kind of same story. But but yeah, man. Uh, oh, Timothy well, Hutton killed book it. And, it. That book and movie, you know, spoilers. The yeah. pen name was actually a twin of his, like one of those freakish, you know, nothing. Oh, really? Or and manifested out of his brain when he was a kid. He would get these headaches, and you know, when he would yeah. write, and the, these birds would come, and you know, all of a sudden, his pen name manifested into an actual person was actually killing people. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was like a like a Judge Dredd kind of thing. He had the same DNA as him, so he was getting accused of all the murders. You know, right, right, right. Dark Cap yep. solid film. It's got a great ending to it, though. 
Uh-huh. We're, we're I, I've, I've heard. Guy. Really? <laughs> oh, shit. Birds to wow, I gotta. I want to see it now, dude. Shit, I gotta see this movie now. Now, did you? Now you've seen both movies. Um, uh, what did What did you think this movie in comparison to that one? Like, which one did you like more? Did you like what they did with this or more? Well, well, well in Dark Half, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of in your face. It's very, right. very. It's a, it's a Romero film, so you're going to get some gore. This right. one wasn't so much on the gore effect, more, more like on the dramatic effect. Like, what's really going on here? You know, psychological. That was a Romero yeah. film. It's like, boom, right in your face with the gore. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, definitely. Now, um, so what did you think of this uh, movie overall, Alex? I mean, even without you know talking about the ending yet, which we'll get to obviously, but did you like the story? I mean, you know, the pacing of it, the way everything kind of played out with the cabin and and, and the whole setting of the movie. I mean, yeah, it was great. I just wonder why you recommend two movies in a row where a dog gets killed, and you're so against that. I hate that fucking aspect of it. <laughs> I love Chico. Chico, don't be discouraged. <laughs> the last show you recommend Resolution and the dog gets shot. And then this one you recommend Secret Window and the dog gets something. I don't even know. Oh, and how about the uh, the shitty sheriff where he's like, he killed my dog. And he's like, he killed Chico? I don't even think there's a law against that. Like, he's the most useless cop ever, dude. That guy sucks. Um, but yeah, you're right, though. Yeah, poor Chico. I think this movie had a, a great feel to it. It was one of the like rare movies where Johnny Depp does a really good job in this one. Um, <laughs> you know, like the, he he doesn't approach roles the right way a lot of times, and it's very like very typical uh, like approach to a lot. Like Willy Wonka is a huge example of like the the worst possible approach you could take on a character. You know, as the deeper the Pirate Caribbeans, I'm not even sure I like how he approached that at all. I I could, I could argue the Willy Wonka thing because I've read the book many many times, but uh, Pirates of the Caribbean definitely a paycheck, definitely a paycheck now for Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, even like Alice in Wonderland is just terrible. Another terrible approach. But dude, I if if you really want to argue the Willy Wonka thing, there's a guy who says it better than anybody could. Uh, the nostalgia critic he did. Willy Wonka versus Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, and he points out glaring omissions as to why Johnny Depp totally dropped the entire ball on this role. It is bad. Like when he show when he the way he explains it. These are two of my favorite actors, Gene Wilder and Johnny Depp. Every time you see them, they're a ton of fun to watch, playing a ton of different characters, ranging from kind and innocent to psychotic and more psychotic. But which one is the best Wonka? Well, let's take a look at Wilder. He has the ideas and ambition of a child, yet the mind and demeanor of a James Bond villain. Every time you see him, you feel welcome, but also a little disturbed. When you look at him, you have no idea what he's thinking. You just know that he already has everything planned out. Two naughty, nasty little children gone. Three good, sweet little children left. You can tell he has patience, but only for the people and ideas that deserve it. Everything else turns into a blueberry. So, yeah, he's pretty fucking demented. But he was also suave, elegant, mysterious, and when he needed to be, very kind. This gave him an edge, and allowed both children and adults to identify him and join him for the ride. Johnny Depp, on the other hand... You smell like... old people. Hurt me. Now, don't get me wrong, I love Johnny Depp. 
and I'm all for reinventing what the Willy Wonka character is like, but I have no idea what he's doing here. I always thought a Veruca was a type of wart you got on the bottom of your foot. <laughs> I guess the idea is that he's a lost child in a grown man's body due to his past, but nothing about him is consistent. He sends out golden tickets to find the right child to take over his factory, but when they arrive, he seems totally uninterested in them. Mr. Wonka, I'm Violet Beauregard. I don't care. Don't you want to know our names? Can't imagine how it would matter. Maybe because they'll be running your shit! The Gene Wilder Wonka was fun to be around, always cracking jokes while having a diabolical edge to him. This Wonka just annoys the fuck out of me. Where is fancy bread? In the heart or in the head? The best kind of prize is a surprise. <laughs> it's sort of like watching a friend act really bad in a play, but you're in such a world of awkwardness that you can't tell him. Who wants a beard? Well, beatniks for one. All those hip, jazzy, super cool, neat, keen, and groovy cats. It's in the fridge, Daddy-o. Are you hep to the job? Can you dig what I'm laying down? I knew that you could slide me some skin, so, brother. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That, that, that was good. Plus, why does he look like a mix between Marilyn Manson and that Russian chick from Indiana Jones 4? We are the music makers. And we are the dreamers of dreams. <laughs> You're really weird. Johnny, I love you, but everybody has to have at least one bad performance. And unfortunately, this is yours. Point goes to the Wonka version. That's weird. If you are wise, you'll listen to me. It's just such a mm -hmm. falling flat role, but um, yeah, this 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 makes you like Johnny Depp. This is like one of his strengths, I, I think. Yes, I'm so happy you said that, dude. Yeah, this is where he shines. This is where he, you know, this and 21 Jump Street. No, okay. <laughs> No, yeah, dude. I never even saw great. that, but he's in the sequel too. He's gonna be in the fucking sequel again. Oh, is yes. It? Yeah this this was this was good. It was intense, dude. You, you it is one of those movies where you just want to strangle the villain of the movie. Like you wonder why Johnny Depp just doesn't carry a gun and pull it out and blow his head off. Like once once you kill the dog and. You're in the middle of nowhere. Like this guy has so much power over Johnny Depp, it seems, and and it's like, why is he going along with this? It's just frustrating. And uh, then he like burns his house down, dude. And it's like, what the fuck? To give a mini, well, it's to touch on. Go that. ahead. Yeah, I mean, dude, every everybody should see all the movies that we review because there's. It was so interesting how they were like, you think I burned my own house down? And he's like, we're not accusing you, but in all these types of things, we have to ask the couples. And he's like, no, I do have somebody who has a problem with me. Like, looking back on it, that's really interesting, you know? Yeah. Oh, and I love the whole fucking the uh, Timothy Hutton stepping in and, you know, they have to go to the uh, they have to uh, go to the claims thing and, and talk about all this stuff. And just like little simple things like him, uh, you know, um, he, he pulls the piece of paper over between them and then she kind of slides it over towards him. And he's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, there's so many good things about this movie like that where. Um, you know, and J Johnny Depp, dude, like I said, it's the little things in this movie, which I love that he does, you know, I mean, just, um, the little, the little faces he makes and just everything, dude, everything about his performance in this movie, I love, and it makes it, it makes it really like personal. It seems like, it seems like you're really there with him, with everything he does and you feel the way he feels. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. You're living the movie with him. And that's what I like when they bring you and make you live with it. And like, uh, Gary, what did you think 
with the subtle hints, and I'm I'm still trying not to say the end, but what did you think of the subtle hints? What did you think was going on when they were saying stuff like when the maid was like, you threw one of your stories in the garbage, and he goes, that's not that's not mine. This is John Sutter. Uh, that's not mine. And and then he looks, and it's identical shooter. words. And oh, shooter, yeah, duh. <laughs> Obviously, Kurt Sutter wrote it. Kurt Sutter. <laughs> yeah, I'm so into <laughs> Kurt Sutter, man. <laughs> hey, he writes some good shit. He does. <laughs> so it's like uh, you know, Kurt Shooter wrote wrote this, and and he looks, and it's identical to his book. And the guy's like, "What the fuck? What were you thinking at that point? Did you think that Johnny Depp? I mean, how could he not know he stole it? He, he think, but he said he published this thing before before the guy he wrote it, so he he kind of knew the guy was full of shit, you know. Well, I thought he was bluffing. Well, he, he could have been, but then again, he got the magazine. He gets the magazine, you know, at some point in the movie. And, you know, of course, it's missing out of there. It's torn right. out. But, you know, that that proves that his story was in the book before he wrote it. I'm glad you said that because that's another hint, guys, if you notice, right? Um, you hear it in the beginning and uh, and you hear it uh, in the car when his house burns down and stuff like that. Like, this is not my beautiful wife. This is not my beautiful home. Like, oh, stuff yeah. like that. Where It's the inner dialogue, right? Now, when he looks in Ellery McQueen's magazine, I forget what it is, when he says, it's missing. How would he do that? And then, he, and then I don't yeah, know. He couldn't possibly. He, he answers his own fucking question in his head. Right there, I was like, uh-oh, something's going on with this. Because they show that origin story, too, of where the secret window story originated from when Maria Bello's talking about uh, – because I think the original story is called Secret Window, Secret Garden, where she's talking about, hey, it's a window. I can do my garden out here, which plays into the uh, story later on. But, um, yeah, like that that whole scene – that really sells it that, yeah, he definitely didn't steal the this, this story at all. And and that's what kind of makes you question, if you are questioning it, um, in that manner in which it plays out in you the know, end. It's so. like who opened the mail to begin with, how, you know. Right. It's, there's, and, then, and then how about, oh, this, see, this was a hint that I still didn't put it together, but I knew something was up when – he goes to that convenience store, and the guy goes, "Do you want you want a pack?" And he goes, "No, I don't smoke." And the guy's just like looking at him, and yep. it was the same cigarettes he had in his drawer that he just keeps there for emergency cigarettes if he really, really needs one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yep. that was it, because you you just know at that point that he must have gone in there and bought cigarettes here, and. The guy knows you because all regulars, they always do that. They go, uh, uh, you want a Marlboro Lights, right? Yeah, man. And, you know, it's yeah. – so at that point, I st- you can't put it together. That doesn't exactly say what actually is happening here either. Right. Oh, it definitely doesn't give it away. And, you know, and to further, you know, go kind of along with the plot here, he hires a lawyer who, uh, you know, charges an obscene amount, um, uh, big black dude, fucking great actor. And um, he hires him to kind of protect him and and come down and, and see what's going on. And I think that's a pretty solid move if you're a writer. And Oh, and also, did you guys think um, that, that the previous um, thing that they allude to, like the previous stalker or whatever happened? Yeah, she said um, this did happened think- before. Yeah, that's what I liked about that, too. That was a complete red herring, dude. That had literally nothing to do with anything, right? I mean, 
as far as I could tell. It was just complete to throw you off. What was your interpretation? Did you think he stole a story before, and that's what they were, or there was like an insane fan or something? Yeah, the stories he wrote, I could see why he would have obsessed fans. And yeah. he, 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 he had a stalker before, like you guys said before. Maybe he's, he's used to this kind of thing. And he's like, oh, I've heard it all before. I'm, I'm, I'm going to blow this guy off because I know he's, he's full of shit. So, you know, until stuff starts right. happening and then, wow, this guy's serious. I better, you know, take him more seriously, which is why he hires that PI or whatever that guy is that Charles has done. Right. You know, I, it's it, it's weird that the, the, the hints go together when you put it together afterwards, but they don't lead you anywhere along the way. Right. Like, like remember how right. Jamie said she knew the your next end before it even happened uh i don't know how she really put that together but this you couldn't put the end together with these hints could you oh no and that's what i no no yeah but it's great when it all comes together you know yeah but see that's the thing about about all these hints and stuff like that the rewatchability is so high on this movie because at the same time you know how like well, okay how about this when we get to okay you want to get to the end because then I'm going to go back and ask you this why well okay let's state the end first otherwise what I say is going to be weird uh so this is a major spoiler guys if you if you um are going to watch this, you have to turn this off and come back and listen to the rest when you're done. And we all recommend it, right? Mm-hmm. We, okay, yeah, we all recommend this. So go ahead and do that. All right, so anyway. So it turns out that uh, – well, Dan, you – since you're so in, – in, explain exactly how it unfolds, like what's happening here. All right, so after uh, all said and done, um, he's sitting in his cabin. After all this shit's happened, he just got back from from doing that. From because the two people in the car were first of all somebody that saw him and Shooter talking that drove by, um, and so he wanted to meet with with uh, with him and then with the lawyer as well. So those were the two people in the car that um, that he found. Right, so. He's sitting in the cabin after all this shit's go- going down, and he looks at the hat. He looks at Shooter's hat, and this is where it all fucking starts. And from this point on, this is this is where the movie gets really fucking good, and this is why I love it. From that point on, it's fucking mint. It's perfect. Um, he picks up the hat, and he says, why did you put it on? And it's the same dialogue going on as earlier where he's talking to himself in his head. He's like, what do you mean? He's like talking back and forth and back and forth. He's just like, uh, I don't know, you know, this and that. And then he goes, think about it. I don't know. Because he wants you to get confused. Oh, I'm already confused, Pilgrim. And he's talking to himself. There are now two Johnny Depps in the fucking room. Now we've completely just gone haywire with this thing. Now you see it's an inner inner thing or whatever. And, and there is no John Shooter. Um, it's all Johnny Depp. He's a fucking psycho in this. He's uh, He's got a split personality type thing. And it actually uh, explains the character uh, in a flashback scene with, uh, with, with Maria Bello when he picks out the hat. 
And he's like, I'm a dairy farmer from Mississippi. Like he's got a whole fucking backstory for this guy and everything. So you find out, and this is where it gets really good too. And this is why I'm glad you said the shining Gary, where, you know, he literally starts cracking up and it's kind of reflective in the, you know, in the cabin itself where, you know, it starts fucking going up the wall and, and the whole fucking thing. It's just, it, it shit gets out of control. It goes haywire. You clearly see that this is all in his head and that he's cracking up so here we go here's the fucking switch and he's crazy and just as he's going really fucking crazy oh and this is another thing with the mirror they do a lot of mirror shots in this that are really cool like they'll go into the mirror and it'll be uh you know that'll be the shot like you know and i don't know i just i, I love the cinematography in this movie just as he's going crazy boom he turns around here comes maria bello she wants him to sign some papers some divorce papers so um so she rolls up and, uh, and, and this is why I love it, dude. It's funny because I wanted to ask you guys now, you guys are Freddy Krueger fans. Was that scene not reminiscent of Freddy Krueger when he fucking pushes that door open? When Maria Bello comes up looking for him and he pushes that door open with the hat? I mean, I, I, I know a lot of people, hey, whatever, they might not agree with that. But to me, I was like, wow, that was fucking reminiscent of Freddy Krueger. I wouldn't say that, but the switch is definitely apparent. It, it, it works really well, you know, once he starts talking to himself in the mirror and all of a sudden that, you know, it switches to basically the character in the story. Right. Because the, the big right. point, the big point of the, the, the film was that John Shooter, you know, or him, you know, John Turturro yep. wanted him to change the ending to the story because he didn't use his ending. He, he made up his own ending. Exactly. Yep. The book is about his wife and his life situation and he, he didn't end it how he should have right and it goes back to the opening scene where that starts it right there like you know he catches her cheating and all that he has to change the story so that's how john shooter wanted him to do it and and that basically is saying you know um that's going to be the only thing that takes care of this whole thing with him and his wife you know that's the only way he's going to be happy and as you see after that he is happy because he's not happy in the movie he's you know fucking by himself kind of a recluse um you know and he's just not satisfied with it yeah bitter about his divorce and then once he uh once he fucking you know stabs maria bello with the fucking shovel oh and how great is that fucking scene when timothy hutton shows up that shovel shot is one of the fucking greatest scenes i've ever seen in my life and that's another thing talk about rooting for the bad guy you tell me fucking you weren't like yes when he got it oh, right in the fucking face right not oh, so yeah. much maria bello but yeah him for sure yeah, not so much the girl. I felt a little bit bad for the the chick, uh, even though I despise cheaters and stuff. Um, I just, I guess, I don't feel like it's a crime punishable by death. So I wasn't really thrilled that he killed her. Right. No, it was uh, it was great. So the reason he killed the two guys in the truck is because they, one of them was on to him that there is no John Shooter, and and here's the other thing, the whole shooter thing. I knew. That that was shoot her. Right. As soon as it was revealed that it was him, I knew that the shooter was shoot her. Did he come in the hotel room with a gun? Yeah, but yeah, she says that, but I didn't notice that when they first showed that scene. But they the- don't show it. That yeah, they don't show it in the first scene because she goes, "You had." Somebody says, "You had a gun," and it shows the gun after, and right. he's screaming in his face. Ah! 
Oh, dude, I love that fucking movie. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I just didn't notice it. And yeah, they showed it afterwards. It's like uh, one of those switches, yeah. And a lot of people will call that a cop-out when they show that scene. And then they, you know, as they're explaining it, they show him, uh, you know, give Tom and the dude, you know, the axe and the screwdriver. And then it shows him burning down the house. There's a lot of situations in movies that, um, well, that situation in particular in movies that I don't buy. And I think it's a cop-out. But for some reason in this, it doesn't bother me. Like them explaining it is just like, oh, okay, that shows him burning down the house. Okay, you know. They had to show how to tie it all together to make the character right. work like that, though. Yeah. Yep. Totally, dude. Totally. And, and that's what I'm saying. Very, like, very, very, very Scooby-Doo ending, if you will. It is, dude. And it's not, you know, it's not one of those endings where it's like, oh, my God, it was him. They've never done that before. This is amazing. They've done it a million times. To me, though, this is that story told with, with Johnny Depp at the top of his game and a great story and, 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 and everything. And I like the way it unfolded. You know, it, yeah, it's a mystery. It's a suspense. It's a psychological thriller. But to me, as like, a, you know, a, a fucking movie fan and, and a big fan of Johnny Depp, just a lot of the core um all throughout the movie and then when he turns into you know shooter the way he delivers that dialogue and like i said when he shoves that door that fucking look in his eyes dude is some of the creepiest shit i've ever seen and that's why i say it reminds me of freddy krueger just because of the hat he's got the same look at hat or whatever and just kind of the way he looks up you know right right as as the brim of the hat kind of covers like half of his eyes i think it's brilliant dude and just the way he talks and she's like what's wrong with you more he was just like, uh, oh, he's like, that, he's like, where'd you get that hat? It's been mine, always has been. Yeah. Like he's just and she's fucking. Like, she's like, why are you talking like that? He goes, go on, Jesse, try it on for size. Was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know I could do it. Tom Dottie said as he helps himself to another ear of corn. Um, but the, the, yeah, like just every delivery and everything about uh, uh, Johnny Depp's performance in this, uh, leading up to it, and then even after, you know, uh, when he turns psycho, that's the really good shit, I think. But like I said, even the quirkiness and all the little subtle things he does, like when he's talking to to her on the phone, even and he chokes himself with the fucking thing and stuff like that like just little stuff like that i think that that those are the type of things that could put an okay movie kind of over the top for me and it doesn't even have to be that significant it could just be little things like that that um that just kind of you know show that he delivered a hell of a performance so i think he does both really good and then uh you know after he kills them both or whatever you know with the shovel um he buries them in the garden in the secret garden yeah but you know what the uh, cop is an idiot like he's like we all know what you did. We don't want you to come in town anymore. And it's like, oh, once we, yeah, once we find out, blah blah. And it's like, how the fuck do you, you fucking like donut shop cops? How could right. you not even wonder if the brand new dug, dugout fucking <laughs> garden or whatever you want to call it, crop uh, section? How could you not even wonder if the dead bodies are there? Like, that's the most typical place to do that. Like, when you kill somebody, a fresh, du- a freshly dug area around your house. Yeah, but he might do, but uh, he might think that, but you need a warrant for that shit. Like, you have to have probable cause to search somebody's yeah. house. Absolutely. Not the dirt outside their house. Uh, so apparently dead just... bodies are great fertilizer. They, they, they grew the corn real fast. Yeah, it tastes great. <laughs> 
What'd you guys think about that? Because um, I wasn't in love with it at first, but I kind of, I kind of do like it now. Because um, clearly, you know, even he says it in in the uh, in the grocery store, and that's what the sheriff's alluding to, where he's like, "I'm getting some things fixed." Where he's got the braces, and you know, like I said, that was fixed the story. Well, it's fixed now, and now he's happy. You see, he's got a fire going. He's got gym equipment there. He's lifting weights now. He's got he's getting his teeth fixed. He, oh, and that's another thing with his teeth fixed you ever notice the jaw thing throughout the movie like that see that's the kind of shit that i love you know he's got the he does a little jaw thing throughout me you know meaning he's got some mouth pain or whatever and you know in the end he's got braces like i love shit like that dude i think it there's so many i don't even call him subtle i just think there's so many little points in this movie that pay off in the end and and uh and that i love and yeah I don't know. The ending, I think, is perfect. He's got his little sweater vest on, and he's fucking, you know, completely happy now. Yeah, I don't I, know, I, man. I, the, the girl online, yeah. he's, like, hitting on her, and she just, like, wants to get away from him. And that's Oh, yeah, yeah. At that yeah, point, everyone yeah. in town knows he's a piece of shit murderer, I guess, but nobody right. could prove it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know? You can do your shopping in New London. But, um, yeah, man. I don't know. Like, from front, from beginning to end... I just love this movie. I love every aspect of it. There's not much I don't like in this movie except for the dog being killed. Good point, Alex. But, you know, other than that, I mean, and hey, how could you not love Chico, his blind dog? I mean, come on, you know, you blind bastard. Um, but I don't know, man. Yeah, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm so glad you guys fucking reviewed it with me and, uh, and, and feel the same way. Well, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. It sounds like you like it. <laughs> yeah, what do you rate this, Gary? Uh, one, no, yeah, net scale, right? One to five? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so stupid. Uh, four stars. <laughs> yeah. Four? Okay. Yeah, me too. Nice. I think it's a four-star movie. Four to five. Nice. Well, you guys already know my rating, so. Yeah, three out of five. That's all right, though. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was it was just okay, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, you, listen, I could tell you're not enthusiastic about it, but I think me and Gary enjoyed it pretty much, uh, and that's what's important here. So, uh, in a dream sequence too, real quick, I want to say they reuse a shot from Jurassic Park in there. It's kind of it's kind of weird. Uh, Jurassic Park: The Lost World, I believe, where something's going over the edge of of um, you know, I, th- I want to say it's like a bus or or a fucking you know all terrain vehicle. Oh yeah, when the when the dinosaur pushes the all terrain vehicle over when the kids are in it, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yes, yes. Um, it's that sequence that um, they use the same shot in that when Johnny Depp's having a dream and he's looking in the ocean and he falls. You know, you remember that? It's kind of a quick scene, but um, yeah, that's a Jurassic Park shot. I just thought that was cool because um, I've listened to the commentary many times and I'm a dork, so I know shit yeah, like you're that. A but dork, man. yeah, that's not beneficial to anybody. But I just thought it was kind of cool. So yeah, yeah. A waste of our time. So uh, yeah. <laughs> That's Secret Window. <laughs> and uh, it was an uh, awesome movie, guys. I know uh, Myra J is a huge fan of this movie. She really likes it. Yeah, Myra. That's my girl. Yeah, she loves this movie. So, And she loves Johnny Depp. She probably hates me for my earlier comments about... And, oh my God. they can't Get him, Myra. They can't cast a goddamn Indian to play Tonto. You gotta be kidding me, man. <laughs> yeah, that was bullshit. Yeah, does Johnny Depp have to do everything? Maybe he's from Milwaukee. No. <laughs> Milwaukee. Yeah. That's El Gottman. El Gonk El Gonkman or something. Oh. 
I'm glad you guys like this movie, though, because this is by far my favorite Stephen King movie, so... Adaptation, yep. This is Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com with all the skinfo from the latest movies. Nude in theaters, Paz de la Huerta is a kinky killer in Nurse 3D. It's more TNA than HMO as Paz seduces 30 Rock hottie Katrina Bowden and repeatedly gives us injections of healthy nudity. Nurse 3D will raise your pud pressure. This is the Mr. Skin Minute. Nude for the first time on Blu-ray, it's Tawny Katane in Witchboard. At the 1 hour 26 minute mark, she flashes full frontal crashing through a shower door and proves that her Katane is indeed Tawny. Witchboard will make you stiff as a board. Nice. Also nude on Blu-ray, horror queen Linnea Quigley stars in the 1988 cult classic Night of the Demons. 52 minutes in, Night of the Demons becomes Night of the Siemens when Linnea shows off her scary hot hoots and honeypot. Talk about demons. I just saw Bielza boobs and Bielza bush. MrSkin.com. Fast forwarding to the good parts. All right. Well, that was fun, guys. And Willis, we really appreciate you jumping on to uh, hang with us for a little bit and do the Pet cemetery, man. Yeah, I had a blast. Hopefully, I can come back on again so we can cut up and have some more fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. You're always welcome back, dude. Well, dude, I, I always tell people Willis is one of my favorite podcasters. I think you're hilarious, bro. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, what other shows you got that you want to uh, plug, promote? God damn, yeah. I'm, on, I'm on so much. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> the, my main one, the Terror Troop Podcast. Yeah. I'm on the Donut Show. <laughs> I'm on the Sausage Fest Reviews with Gary. I Hold on. Pick- uh, the Donut Show, greatest name for a podcast ever. Is that about the Simpsons? No, we just talk about any and everything in pop <laughs> culture. We have guests on there. And we have fun and shenanigans, even though sometimes I fight with my co-hosts sometimes because they don't know what they're talking about because they don't have <laughs> a taste about certain things. Mom will leave that alone. Wait, dude, you know what you should do? You should do an X-rated version and call it hot dogs and donuts. <laughs> I, can't do, I can't do anything X-rated on there because one of my co-workers, co-podcasters is a religious person, so oh. I don't want to. I don't want to step on his shoes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Well, I done did an appearance on Land of the Creeps nice. this last week. I'm on, I had an appearance on Geek Cast Live last God week. God damn, dude. And sometimes on, on the movie podcast weekly with Jay of the Dead. Do you have time to eat or sleep? Well, yeah, I had time to do a little bit of all of that. It's, it's just me in the house, so I can do whatever I want. You got your own house? No, I got my own apartment, but you might as well say I am got my own home. So basically, it's just me and my shadow walking down the avenue. <laughs> and your shadow don't complain that you're too busy for it? Nope. Okay, that's good. Well, it's the shadow does a podcast, too. <laughs> basically. Yeah. He has his own podcast. <laughs> well, dude, between you and Jamie, you guys should fucking team up like the Avengers and fucking kill it. Uh, she, Can't, Mike, we're too busy. <laughs> she might get into some trouble because she might fall in love with all this chocolateness. 
darling, I'm already in love with you. <laughs> well, I'm single and I'm looking for a wife, so. When did you get single? I've been single. I thought you had a girlfriend. I ain't got no damn girlfriend. Nobody <laughs> like. <laughs> what happened to your last girlfriend? Why'd you break up? <laughs> um. Well, actually, the last girlfriend I dealt with, she got malfunctions because she don't realize how good of a guy I w- was. <laughs> happens to me all the time. Yep. Yeah. And I don't know what's wrong with her, but yet and still, if I say I'm talking to somebody, she'll start getting pissy. Oh, yeah. 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 Wow. That's how they roll, Doug. Was she good in bed? Mm, well, she's pretty, so she couldn't get away with not being good in bed. <laughs> yeah, she could just lay there, right? It don't matter, man. Don't matter. It don't matter. <laughs> then why the hell do I work so hard? <laughs> if they're really hot, I could just stare at their face sometimes, and I'm just good. You know, they could just, uh, it's whatever. It's like pizza. Even if it's bad, it's good. Right. <laughs> You know what I want to do? I was telling Dave Z this. I want to do a special uh, show. We call it The Chode with the Biggest Load. I want Dan, myself, Matt Wazell, and Dave Z to pleasure ourselves into a condom, and then we all weigh it and see who has the heaviest condom. <laughs> so what exactly could I do in this show? Well, you could help with extraction. Uh-oh. <laughs> Oh my god. Dan, you the movie. <laughs> this fucking show just took a quick left turn. What the fuck, dude? Can, can I disqualify myself from the contest? <laughs> no, but seriously, I'd win, though. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Well, hey, people got what they paid for, so we can leave now. Um, Jamie, thank you. Dan, thank you. Willis, thank you. And thank you. The Stephen King shows are not over yet, everybody. We have a big, big show coming up after this. We're going to continue the Stephen King journey, and we'll give you one little hint. On the next show... They all float. <laughs> <laughs>